Welcome back to another edition, another month of the state of the Xbox Empire. Joining me this month once again is the Chewbacca to my Han Solo, Mr. Johnny Reese. What's up, buddy? Greetings, Kooplings. How you doing, Nate? Not too bad. Doing okay for a uh, a Tuesday in quarantine at 10 o'clock in the evening. It's it's all right. We're doing okay here. How are you? Great. Just came off a few rounds of golf and hanging out with some some good buddies talking Xbox. Got nice to drink here. It's a little late, but I took a shower before the show started. So thank you. I was going to wonder if you were going to stink the camera up. Ah, nice. Now just to <laughs> really do that, just to wake me up a bit as we as we do the show. So nice. And uh, we have a third chair tonight. We have a lovely visitor. It is not from- Jess Corden. <laughs> It is not Jess Corden. If you came here looking for Jess Corden, we have great news because this is Sean Capri. Howdy. Man, thanks, guys. for. I'm glad you guys kept the third seat open. But yeah, sorry if you guys came for, for Jez. He's amazing. Uh, sorry you got me tonight. But I'm jealous that, and I don't know why I didn't consider that Donnie's got a little little drinky drink going. I should go grab a little cuppy cup and have a little rummy rum drinks. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I love it, man. What Would rum go well with... Um, yes. With... Uh, <laughs> the answer is always yes. Yes. Okay, so I've got I've got Rockstar Pure Zero like fruit 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 juice. Like, fruit juice. Like, it's like uh, Hawaiian punch basically. And yeah. it's Puerto Rican rum, rum, sure. But is it clear rum? rum? No. If it's no, clear it's, rum, I think it's it'd be okay. Still the same. It's still the same giant bottle of um, Captain Morgan as the last time you and I drank together. Mm, it's been. I've realized that this bottle, giant bottle of rum, has been basically sitting in my workspace for the last two months because I'm working from home and it's just right there. I'm like I. I don't know why I wasn't using that to, you know, calm myself down over the last couple of months. But to cope. Yeah. I guess I'm not as, you know, addicted as I, as I thought. I don't. Um, I don't for those watching and we do see you. Hey, Chalfie, what's going on, guys? Um, I, I do want to say we're sorry. We, we promised and, and tweeted out and everything that Jez Corden from Windows Central and Xbox Two podcast was coming over. I was really excited. I've been working on this one for a little bit, um, but he he had to postpone like right before we re-recorded. So what is it ended up happening was after the Xbox event, apparently Windows Central gave him some uh, some vacation time, which he hasn't had in forever. So like he immediately took it, thought he emailed me, but didn't. So he was like, I'm really sorry. I, I thought I, I reached out to you. And I was like, no, that's okay, man. Like, you know, you're our guest. We're, we're happy to work with you. And I said, but um, since we can't have you this time, can we have you in July when Xbox does their first party? stuff and he was like absolutely that's a perfect way to make this up and i was like that might be better yeah <laughs> as it turns out <laughs> we traded up traded up indeed because you know we, we get to talk a little bit about the inside xbox event uh, that just took place was that uh, was it like 10 days ago now with like quarantine time i don't even know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it was a it was it was good to see you know the next generation really that was the first time we got a chance to to get some showcase stuff that was like confirmed next gen so excited to talk about that with you guys first off um, but again next time we'll hopefully get uh, Jez after the first party event which I think is going to be really great yeah so let's not bury the lead we've already kind of said we're we're here to discuss things about the uh, event that we just saw so Sean being our guest. Um, was there anything just off the top of your head that, you know, if you have one sentence to say about this, what were your hot takes? Ooh, well, I mean, how can I comment on what we actually saw without kind of addressing everything, everything else, like (laughs) everybody else's kind of reaction to it. I thought it was cool, man. I I think my, my, my general take on it is, is that it was pretty cool. Um, 
but I know that some people were a little bit disappointed. So maybe I'll just kind of leave it at that for now. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I'm probably in that same camp. Like I was, I thought it was okay for what they showed, but I was, they, either they hyped it up too much or I, I hyped it up too much or something because it wasn't what I was hoping for, to be honest, but we'll get into it. Donnie, what, what about you? Um, I said on the stream live, I thought it was okay. I think they missed the mark on several fronts, which we can break down once we get into it. I think for me, um, I wrote down like three kind of big points that I think they missed the mark on. And, um, so I think it was okay. Um, that's it. Okay. Sounds good. So as far as what were, let's start with the goods. So what hit for you guys? What stands out as the, oh, this is the takeaway from this event. Sean, was there anything that stood out from you that was like, oh man, this was a, this was the reason to have this? Well, here's where I immediately start to contradict myself because yeah, I thought there was lots of stuff. I thought the Alien game, Scorn, looked really dope. I thought the Turok game, these are all, my big takeaway <laughs> is that <laughs> I have different names than the actual game names. <laughs> like I'll call them all something else. It's Prometheus the game or Turok 6 or whatever it is. Um, and Bright Memory, I think, stood out as well. And I think Donnie and I might chat about that a little bit later tonight. Um, games that I had never heard of before that looked dope. I think the biggest, the reason I think I go kind of like meh on it was like, did it scream tw 12 teraflops to me? Did it scream, you know, anything like it didn't, nothing blew the skin off of my face off, um, if I could say it that way. But still, like I was, there's a lot of games in there that I thought were really cool. I even thought Madden looked good, man. I like the way that they, they reviewed Madden and, and had the Patrick history. Patrick Mahomes looked lifelike. Yeah, he did. I, he I, looked like he was just sitting there right at home on his couch. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait but, to play okay, that in the so game. Like, talking about him, though, like I thought as far as celebrity appearances or athlete appearances, especially thought he did pretty good, man. There's, if you've seen some of these athletes do their promotional spots, they're pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was, I thought that was okay, man. But I thought they had a really good start. And one of the things to Donnie's point, maybe that they, they missed the mark on was telling us what was exclusive and telling us like, what was an indie game that was surprising to be indie. That would have been maybe there's some, important messaging that I think they missed, but there was a lot of games. I was like, I want to try that out, man. I thought some of them looked pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The the one game that kind of stood out to me the most, and I think it's because it showed the most gameplay. And also after the whole sizzle reel was revealed that it's one developer working on it. Yes. Um, and that, that was bright minds, right? Bright memory. Bright, bright memory. memory. Sorry. Um, so that one, I don't know how long of an experience is going to be, but it, when I first saw it, I was like, this is like Mirror's Edge and Crisis kind of put together from what I, I thought was Titanfall. I was, like, Titan, well, I was actually thinking it might be another Titan. I was like, is this when it first started? I was like, no way. Are they opening with Titanfall? Now, mm -hmm. that, that was way too high of an expectation based off what we got for the rest of the show. But I was literally thinking I was like, man, this is nuts because it it like he does the wall run like Titanfall. He jumps like Titanfall, but then it does like this ghost thing like Ghost of Tsushima. It pulls out a sword and it's like, you know, I was. I was kind of blown away by that demo. It looked amazing. Mm -hmm. Donnie, was that the thing that stood out to you the most or was it else? The thing that stood out to me the most is an interesting way of putting it because there are several games in this list of stuff that was announced that I'm interested in. I will play The Medium. Mm -hmm. I will play Song of the Sea or Call of the Sea. I will dope. play Vampire the Masquerade, which was probably my favorite trailer. We didn't see any gameplay, um, which is fine. But as a trailer... I thought the trailer was amazing. I thought it, it looked, looked like Joker the game for a minute. It did. Yeah. And I was like, this is nuts. I can't wait to see what this is, what more of this is like. Um, so 
uh, and Scarlet Nexus, Astral Chain. Xbox is getting Astral Chain, <laughs> apparently, because um, that's exactly what that game looks like, minus uh, the actual chain part. But everything about that game, the whole, mm-hmm. you know, like the the second world part and all the the physical effects and everything, it looks just like that game. And I love Astral Chain, one of my favorite games from last year. So there were a handful of games in here that I actually think I came away excited about. So to to keep it positive before we get into the misses of the show and just the misses of everything. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think I liked about half the games. And anytime you get in a presentation like that. So it's weird because um, after once we get into kind of like our misses, what I'm going to tell you is if we judge this show based off content alone, if we're literally just grading off based of like what they showed, thought it was a good show. Um, we saw a bunch of new games that we'd never seen before um, with a few things that we would expect. And uh, of the games they showed, I don't think any of them looked what I would call bad or awful or anything like that. They all looked good, even the ones that I'm not particularly interested in. Um, but the problem is with these types of events is that well, we don't always grade them like that. It's not always about just what they show. It's about how they present what they're showing. And that was the big kind of falling point for them. And what it represented, too. Like, I think if you look at it, when we're talking about it, and just the games that were shown and you go if these games were all coming to the current generation you're going here's what the next six months of xbox one looks like you'd be pretty stoked i think these are all pretty new games but that's not what this was this was a introduction their first look at next gen and i think for that reason alone that's why people were maybe a little left wanting more mm-hmm. so can can we go there because i, go I, got, there. A lot, I go got a lot that i want to say because introduction is a good <laughs> word because that's actually kind of where i wanted to start yeah They've already unveiled the Xbox Series X. We've already seen it. We've seen the console. They've taken the damn thing apart. We've seen all the pieces. Like, we've seen what load times look for games that already exist. So it's very interesting to use the word introduction because, like Sean, I kind of felt like this was the start of everything. And then as I thought of that, I've been thinking on that all weekend. I'm like, but it's really not the start. It's a continuation of what they've already been doing. And I'm not trying to say that to defend them at all. If anything, I feel like maybe that's what they were thinking and that's the point that missed the mark because we're here in May now, right? This is right here at the end of April. It is kind of tis the season. Like we collectively as the, the gamer outcry, we think of this kind of as E3 time. And when they announced, um, you know, 2020 and all the news that we'll talk about later, like this kind of felt like this is the start. And they certainly didn't help themselves by saying, you know, tomorrow we're going to change the game. Like, come see the first, you know, it felt like a bad first step. Like, for all of the the build and momentum that I think they've been harvesting for the last two years, for this to be your starting point, that's a huge miss, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, a huge miss. Because um, this would have been great. And, you know, another thing that I was saying, I just want to throw this in here, is how weird it is to think of this type of show from an E3 conditioned mind. Because I'm comparing everything that I saw them do to what I would see at at E3. And in my mind, this show would have been at the end of an E3 presentation. But that's just it. Like, that's the thing is that there are games in there that we're actually talking about and dissecting and really looking at where they would probably be on a montage. So I think in the end, this will be a positive thing. But in the moment, we've got a month to kind of go, was this what we wanted? It wasn't. You know, you can imagine if they even had like a treehouse, like a Nintendo treehouse, they would have like a day or something dedicated to a bunch of this stuff. But then the big show would be like the next day. Yeah. Right. Like the thing that we're kind of you'd, looking forward you'd to. You'd kick off month. a show with Halo, then you'd show the box, then you'd price and date it. And then here's Fable and here's what the future of Gears looks like. And check out some new third party games that we're doing. So I felt like it was a huge miss that they led this way. Additionally, 
the fact that they promoted it, not only that it was a big deal, which I don't think it was. I think that's first. That's that's a big misstep. But also they promoted as come see the next generation of third party games. And I even talked to Sean about this beforehand. Dude, people were like, Harry Potter's coming, Batman, <laughs> Batman. the next Destiny's going to be here. Because when you think <laughs> major publisher mm-hmm. and third party, you think Bethesda, you think Bungie, you think EA, you think Activision. You don't think this one dude who made this game in his apartment studio or something, you know? like, mm-hmm. And it honestly kind of builds Xbox Series X as synonymous with third-party games that aren't the big players. And I feel like that also was a bad way to kind of start out this this kind of marathon to, to launching. It's like you said there was going to be third-party games, and I'm sure we're going to talk gameplay, so I'll leave that point for someone else to bring up. But the fact that they were like, you said third-party games, and like even your big get, your two big gets, I would call them, Madden and Valhalla, kind of missed that was kind of a poor perform poor showing from both of them so in those regards i think it was a bad start from setting expectations correctly and and having you know promoting this correctly it was funny because aaron greenberg's tweet that's been making the rounds you know he's like if we just put this out regularly people would have been differently and i I think he's right because saying when you say hey we make uh when when if nintendo or sony was like hey come check out this stream where you see all of our third-party partners or some of our third-party partners for next-gen, that's what you would expect to see. You'd expect to see Madden. You'd expect to see uh, Call of Duty. You'd expect to see Apex and Fortnite and all the big guns. And they had no big guns. There was zero big guns here. And and that's it feels bad to say that because that's not – I'm not saying that the games that they showed didn't matter. I'm not excited about it. I just told you half of these games I plan on playing. I am excited yeah. to play them. But they're – they feel indie-ish. They're lesser known. They're of lesser pedigree. They don't have that big, like, let's get excited kind of tentpole to build around. And the one that they did was not only disappointing in showing, but it's continued to disappoint since the showing. Like, it's it's not doing well at all for them. So I thought this was a, a misstep to, to kick things off, and uh, hopefully they, they kind of rectify it quickly. Hmm. I, I, I have no rebuttal there. I mean, you're pretty much spot on with what I was thinking too, Don. I mean... <laughs> The big draw, right? They they had the the boss logic Assassin's Creed lead in, and said, "Hey, check out our inside Xbox." For I'm pretty sure someone said gameplay. It said you gameplay. I mean? They they <laughs> tweeted gameplay. Uh, Ubisoft tweeted gameplay, um, but Xbox really said. And you know the gameplay thing is they're kind of getting hit over the head with it because everybody that became the headline. But Xbox in their initial briefing said gameplay sneak peeks and trailers it wasn't just gameplay Mm -hmm. but the assassin's creed stream totally said go check us out next week for gameplay i think they said a gameplay reveal um so that was a huge miss yeah i think the only gameplay that we saw from that if it even was was when the dude got out of a boat and blew his horn i think that was the gameplay that was like you know the the (laughs) half second there it was gameplay in the sense that whatever they were capturing was probably captured in in, an engine but it's not gameplay it's just like you stopped in photo mode and spun the camera around like when you say gameplay i expect to see somebody do a mission move the character Mm -hmm. perform an action i was even i think even on stream i streamed it with garrett and I think you can even tell on stream, like their whole little montage, I thought that was leading to the gameplay demo. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they're going to do this quick cut. Here's a menu. And then they're mm-hmm. going to turn it around to be like, let's take out this camp as, you know, Ragnarok approaches from the south or something. And they were just like, that's it. Goodbye. And I was stunned. I was like, what? That's what? What just happened? <laughs> did, did we miss the stream? Did it cut out? I was literally blown away that that was it because I thought that was intro. You know, it was like a YouTuber's intro sizzles. Like, here's a here's a cut, here's a cut, here's a cut. Now here's the content. But the content was, that was it. Sean, what about you? What were what were your thoughts on this? What's what's your miss? Well, I mean, that that's gotta be that's gotta be the one. Um me for me, the miss was messaging. For me, and and I've talked to a couple of people kind of in our community about this. And um I was playing games with Tony Baker and Joel uh Joel Brooks from Brooks. Quest for Pixels the other night. And um and and they were kind of talking about how like there's a lot of new people looking at Xbox now, like people who are going like, I've been waiting for PlayStation to say something, but they're not saying anything. So I guess I'll just pay attention to this Xbox stuff. But like, what the hell is smart delivery? What is Gaming Pass? What is xCloud? What is what are all these different things? And, you know, we've Xbox has been like in, in their camp. They've been talking about these things for a long time, but um they have to remember that they're getting new people looking at this all the time. So I think mm-hmm. that the, the big message was like, what's the difference between backwards compatibility and smart delivery? And what is optimized for Series X really mean? So there's a lot of these marketing buzz terms that um, that matter, that they, they're telling us matter anyways, And but I'm not sure that everybody knows what they are. And then the other thing is, there were some really interesting pieces about these games that because everybody on the internet is asking for like just hit play on a trailer reel and that's all i want i think we're missing out on a bunch of really interesting um things about these games so the first one with bright memory being made by a single person i think is fascinating because that game looks like it looks incredible i don't know if donnie and i are going to talk about having yeah, we can. Play it on pc um but there's exclusives in there as well there's console exclusives there's things that are coming to only xbox like things game that pass matter and things that are coming to game pass day and date um i think those things matter that they should have spent just an extra moment to to highlight and i don't know if that's necessarily a if it was a rush job or if it's like adjusting i shouldn't say rush job but maybe like adjusting for the streaming from everybody's living room which i actually didn't realize that that's what was happening that they were legitimately streaming that whole thing live i thought it was like pre-recorded live you know what i mean like it's like a does that make sense if it's like youtube premiere like they load yeah. it and they hit play. Right. That's kind of what I thought it was. But I guess they were literally having like a Microsoft Teams meeting and kind of <sighs> in which case, like to their credit, because when they when they flip from I'm going to talk about this thing and then they flip to a to a trailer or whatever, that was pretty smooth stuff for sure. There wasn't like this awkward. If we were to do that, would be like, OK, guys, we're about to start the podcast. Yep. And then, you know, like, did we, did we start it? Did, you hear did, the mouse did, click. Like, Right, exactly. Like I thought that I thought that transition and everything was pretty smooth. But tell me which ones are exclusives. It, it, it's almost like they've been scared away to talk about exclusives because they've been railed in the past for what does exclusive actually mean? Is it a timed exclusive? Is it a console exclusive? Like what is it? But I think they still need to lean into that. I think that's language that matters to gamers, especially when we're talking about the new generation. Yeah. I I think they really need to correct so, you know, they said no exclusives, quote unquote, for Series X from first party for like the first year and a half or two years. Yep. And they really need to. So that has set the stage. I mean, yeah, that's too late. The all the headlines. A lot of people. Xbox Series X mm-hmm. has no exclusives. Oh, man. And which translates into no games. Right. And people are um, saying, like, why am I going to buy it? It doesn't even have exclusives. I just have what I have. 
I keep hearing that on I get it like married to the games. I got mm-hmm. I just every time every time they like, don't have excuse for two years. I'm like, you guys, that's not what that means. Uh-huh. But I mean, they got to know that really... that's how the Internet's going to twist it. Yeah. Take the opportunities, every opportunity you have to course correct that as much as you can, because we know that there's going to be games that whatever games come out, like Halo is going to look phenomenally better than it does on on Xbox One X. Sure, it does. It plays on both consoles. But it's it's going to be a different experience because you're going to have the great the enhanced visuals, the ray tracing, everything else it's going to give to you. It's like telling somebody, hey, if you play this on your your older PC with whatever graphics card, it'll be fine. But if you put in a you know 3080 Ti or whatever, it's going to melt your face, right? There's that distinction needs to be made, needs to be course corrected a little bit. But well, I, I, I was going to say, and I, I want to get there. I don't want to get there yet, but some of the things have come out since then. Are those improvements going to be there? Because now there's speculation that it's not even going to be all that different. It's really hard to tell somebody like, hey, you need to buy a new box when the game is available on your own thing and it plays it the same exact way that your current thing plays it. It's like, well, what do you need it for? You really well, don't it's like need going, it. It's like going from Blu-ray to 4K UHD, right? I mean, y- yeah, you you're you can still play your movies on on uh, a Sam Blu-ray player, but I don't think 4K people, UHD is better. I don't think many people think that better is worth $500. And I think that's where a lot of people are getting the hang up. But uh, I wanted to go back to Sean's point about language because I want to bring up their point about transparency. This is something that they have been um, promoting and believing in and saying how transparent they are. And we want, we want to give the gamers what the gamers want and they want transparency. This show wasn't all that transparent. Um, they've got all these different buzz terms, optimized and smart delivery, but certain things aren't smart delivery. They, they showed everything was smart delivery, like four in a row, smart delivery, smart delivery, smart delivery. And then they show Madden, which says, like Patrick Mahomes is like, and if you get Series X, you can play Madden, you can get Madden on that too. So everybody in their mind, like I think the logical conclusion is go, smart delivery. Only it's not. Xbox knew it wasn't. They knew that EA was doing this red tape. So why put it in there? Like, if you were seriously going, we're about transparency. No, you weren't. Because you just put in this kind of, you know, bait and switch. (laughs) Because it's not smart delivery. It's you can buy the game and you can upgrade within a certain select period of time. That's not smart delivery. And you weren't very transparent about it because you didn't make a point of it to to show the, the distinction between the two. You know, and transparency would talk about the fact that the medium and scorn are exclusive to Xbox. They are console exclusives, not exclusive to Xbox. They are exclusive to the Series X. You can only play them on the Series X and PC. Mm-hmm. That Call of the Sea is Game Pass. All three of those games are coming mm-hmm. to Game Pass. Like, it wasn't very transparent. And the fact that, you know, they, they bring out this optimized for Series X badge, which we can talk about. Um, when they first showed it, uh, leading up to the stream, I was with Garrett and I was like, I think that means that every game that has that badge will be at least 4K60. I think that's what that means. Because every game that they were putting that badge on are all confirmed 4K60. Like that was the least common denominator that I could find. And I actually thought it was a pretty good thing. I was like, okay, this makes sense. They don't want to keep talking about smart delivery and 4K and, and ray tracing. So they come up with a term, optimized for Series X. It just means that you'll get a baseline of this and everything else. But it's not, because Valhalla is optimized for Series X and will run at a minimum of 30. So that's not very transparent, Xbox. You've created this thing that basically doesn't mean anything. 
Because if it can mean one of eight different things, and it only needs to mean one of them, then it means nothing. It really doesn't mean anything. It means that there is a checkbox for the Series X in some manner. Could it be HDR? It's mostly confusing because we don't have the Series S. No. Like, it, it, it's... it's I don't. It would be would it be more clear if it was like okay, well, this is going to be much better for Series X versus like versus what? You no, know what because I mean? the also the transparency goes back to the Nathan's point. They have not shown the reason why the new console is to be factored into this. At no point did they say this can only be done on Series X. At no point did they say here is what Series X does that the other Xbox One X can't do. They did mm-hmm. none of that. There's no compare and contrast. So they basically said here are a bunch of games you can play on Xbox, and we hope you enjoy it. That's really what the message was. And I mean, that seems to be core to their what they're trying to do. So whether or not that connects with gamers on trying to sell them on the next generation. But like that's it's funny when you say that. It's like, well, that's how they they come out so boldly and say, like, this is what we want. This is the core of our messaging is that it's Xbox and that there's a new one to be to be purchased. I'm not no, saying no. that that's something that's great. I was hear, actually but. having this conversation with Dev all day today because when they first said like, we, we want you to do Xbox. You need Xbox on PC, Xbox mm. X One S, on X, on Series X. I was all for it. I was like, what a pro-consumer thing. Even when they were like, we're not going to have any exclusives just to Series X. All first party will release on all of them. I was like, that's great. It may mm. hamper development some. Probably not. But it may. But at the same time, what a pro-consumer move. You don't have to buy the new thing if you don't want to. And I feel like it's being absolutely twisted and turned around. It's like this pro-consumer thing that I think we as fans, as customers, should celebrate. We should ask everybody to be so nice to us and to our wallets. Now it's being turned on them. It's like, well, I'm not going to buy anything you do now because none of these things matter. And it's like, wow, that that turned quickly because I'm not telling anybody how to feel. It's just I was really personally, I was like, I love what they're doing it kind of make me want to root for them. I was like, man, Nintendo would never do this. <laughs> they would never be like, we don't care what you played on. We're going to put all of our games on Wii U and Wii. And <laughs> that would never happen. But because Xbox does, I was like, man, this is really cool. And it's com- I feel like it's completely backfired. Because all I'm Already? seeing... Already? All I'm seeing from everybody that I follow, you know, like it is my little echo chamber, but the majority mm-hmm. of my echo chamber is like, I don't need to buy anything. Which I guess yeah. is kind of the point, but it's like I was hoping that that goodwill would foster somebody to be like, I want to buy something because yeah, I like what they're the doing. To drop for it to be like a no brainer, like you yeah. don't have to. You're not getting you're not getting twisted into and forced and coerced to yeah. buy the next generation. But, but everybody's like, well, like the- they're only releasing games on this one box, so I'm gonna buy that one first. <laughs> well, right? Why did Xbox do this? They should have just done what everybody else did. What do you think about there's there's rumors going around about like the price being like four hundred dollars that they can be so agile on this price like is there is there no way. Even there, talk about there that? is no way that this this version this premium console as Phil has called it will be four hundred dollars I mean you know, there is not, a way don't I think say that a way. there is a way the way mm-hmm. involves Microsoft eating it which they yep. totally can't afford to do mm-hmm. they can't but at the same time with everything else going on right now affecting the economy can they still Yes. Afford to do that. Yes, I Microsoft absolutely can. Position, position play. Like you think about, yeah, poker Microsoft play. totally can. Will they? Think about I don't think so, uh, but can let they? Let me phrase this. Sure. Let, me, let me ask it this way. How much money do you think they've eaten on giving away Game Pass for a dollar to have, to 10 million people? They're fighting right? like, for they, market they, share, for mind share. It's not, it's not even, you can't even look at it as you losing revenue in years one through three. What you're looking at is we're gaining subscribers were gaining customers for years 5, 10, and 15. Like you're yeah. making a play down the road, 
not necessarily for short term. You're trying to gain market share, mind share back. That's their problem mm-hmm. right now is nobody really thinks Xbox anymore. Like they're just kind of relegated as this other thing now. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they're third place. They're outside. Yeah, back where they started. Yeah, exactly. So they've got to fight their way back in. That that's the only reason I think there there is a way that that a four hundred dollars Series X is maybe in in the, in the cards because I think giving away millions and millions and millions of of uh, months of Game Pass <laughs> Ultimate essentially for free like really they it's it's all it would be amazing to be in the in a back room somewhere to discover like how much how much value did they give away yeah and then to watch them basically do it all over again. Um, with the Series X, and who knows what the Series X? I, I feel like it's almost when they when I'm saying when, not even if, but like when they announce Series S, we'll be like, yeah, we we knew that. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of how do you kind of work out the prices because from everything that we're hearing, they're they're selling out of their current stock of Xbox One S and X. Like that's it's not going to be this holiday season. I I can imagine, or maybe even next holiday season. You're not going to have an, a one X sitting there and go like, maybe I should just buy that. They're not going to give that option. Yep, they're just going to mm-hmm. phase out for the next model, just like tablets mm-hmm. and phones do. You just get to a point yeah. you can't buy last year's phone; it's gone. Right, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. And, and I, it's so funny because when the S rumors started, I thought that that meant that the X would be really expensive because that's why you would do the S, right? You do the S to be competitive, and you do the X to be premium. Um, I don't. I, I think this this is going to come off like like I don't care about spending money, which I do. But it's like if the S if the X is five hundred or less, I don't know how much sense the S makes. But I guess it just replaces the X. So I mean, it's okay. It's there. You can tell people that they're in the party. I keep mm-hmm. thinking about the Nintendo model too. Of they weren't just trying to sell one Switch in a household; they're trying to make you a multi-Switch yep. household. And I think that may be where the Series S could come in as well. Like, um, so I, I think some X Cloud is that. Like, I literally think X Cloud is the companion. It's the yeah. extra screen. It's the extra console. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and like no disc drive. I think that's. I mean, this is now coming into predictions of what the Series S is. But I think it's going to be a sad edition. I think it's going to have no disc drive, every cost-cutting measure that you could ever have to it, to which make it makes it as possible. Yeah, make it a companion, just a, a shell of a box, basically. Hmm. Okay. And I don't think we see that until next year at the very earliest, though. You don't think I so? Think, oh, I think, I think they, both they would the release. I think they I would release Series X first. No, I think I think Donnie's bang on. I think because I'll tell you why. Um, and Donnie and I are Nintendo fans, and that's why. Nintendo has Nintendo has the the market cornered in so many ridiculous ways, except for power. Of course, they've got a what? <laughs> what is the Switch like? One ninety nine in the states. Yeah. Yep. One ninety nine. They have a one ninety nine option for the number one console with all the greatest games, everything you could ever imagine playing. And so, I can play Switcher. <laughs> uh, so the leaks that that reported came out on the specs of the S, the Series S kind of has it on par power-wise in terms of compute power with the current X model. But it would obviously have certain next-gen upgrades, like an SSD inside of it, mm-hmm. um, that would make it better than an X, even if it doesn't have the raw... Well, I've had this conversation in our in our Discord. A lot of people see, I think it's what, like four teraflops the S is considered? And they're like, it's not even as good as the X. I'm like, but it will be. <laughs> it will be a lot better because the architecture's better. I have an SSD. There's efficiency saving, like the savings that you're having efficiency will lead to more performance, even if the power isn't as good. Um, but if they if, can if hit the those at the same price. You, yeah, that's where I was going to go. If they can go if, $299 or lower, 
249 maybe? If they can go X at 500 and S at 250, then they have a very strong argument to make in the market for you at least considering them. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have to bring the games. And that's what this thing didn't bring, right? They need the games. They need to showcase that the games that you want to play are on Xbox. And that means Call of Duty and Bungie and Assassin's Creed and all the big guns, and they didn't get them. So going back to this point, like this was, a, I don't think this was a good start. This would have been a good end. It's weird because it's like hmm. we know that they have July for first party. They didn't announce what they're doing for June, but Aaron Greenberg said they are doing something for June. He confirmed that it wasn't an inside Xbox, right? He said, we've got something different planned for June, which yeah. a lot of people think is the Series S unveil. Like, and mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. So and if we go, pricing. we go third party for series or third party for next gen, which is what we got. Then we do series S. Then we do first party for Xbox game studios. That means by August, we still haven't seen Madden and Call of Duty and all these things on series X, unless we're seeing them just in other presentations, which we know we will, but we're not seeing it from Microsoft. We're not cultivating that. That seems odd to me. I'd honestly reverse it. I would completely reverse the whole thing. You start off with Halo and all the reasons why you need Series X, and then you show off Series S, and then you show off some extra games that you've never heard about. I would agree with you, other than to say I can't buy it or pre-order right now. I can't make any sort of like purchasing decision at all. I can't even pre-order the thing or even like put my name on a waiting list or anything like that. So I think that I I would agree with you to to put Halo, but put Halo right next to a buy now button. You're right. Right. That's that's so pretty good. Like, and uh, the next news story they had was Xbox 2020. They announced I, I jumped the gun there. Sorry, Nathan, that they announced all these events are happening. I'm just listening right now. <laughs> As the summer unfolds, we're getting this, you know, piecemeal stuff. And one of the things I was going to say about this news is the reason that I think they're doing that, not only because they're all remote right now and it makes sense. But two, the reason that I think they're doing this is that they're holding off on releasing the price. They're not going to announce the price until Sony does. I firmly believe that. I really do. I really, really do. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't understand why you would do this if you didn't. Because you would think, Sean, like you just said, that you show Halo and here's the buy now button. They've already mm. put that in July, so that tells me that they think Sony will unveil PS5 in a price before then. And if they don't, that still leaves them wiggle room to not do it. They still have wiggle room to be like, we'll announce the price next month in September at next Inside Xbox. I feel it's- strong that they're not going to go first. They're going to wait. It's funny because they both have a, a position of power in a weird way where PlayStation has this this amazing position because they have a hundred and some odd million yeah, units. Yeah, I mean, they just have So like, they could just like come out with it. They're going to lead the way. And, it's and they have an easy sell. Not. Horizon totally 2, do. only on mm-hmm. PS5. Yeah, Done. For yeah. so many people, that's all that needs to be said. Big time. Big time. But Microsoft has this odd position of power because they're Microsoft and they've got trillions of dollars in the bank account. And they, like, they don't need to... So in, in either case, like they're both kind of like waiting each other out. And it's, it's fascinating to watch this, this, this play, this play out, but Gamesmanship. I don't know. it is, it really is. And I then also the f- you have to wonder to your point earlier about like, when do we get to see like the call of duties and, and everything coming out? Like those typically wouldn't be ready until probably the night before E3 on a good year. We're <laughs> sure. not having E3 and like everybody's working from home. But like so, Tony Hawk came out today. That's in the news. Right? That was Tony Hawk, and it looks amazing. Why is Jeff Keighley get this and Microsoft can't? Why is Jeff Keighley sitting at his home on Twitch showing you the latest Tony Hawk game? But but Xbox couldn't have Activision like put something in there. Like how how much better would this show have been had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater been unveiled? 
this is that weird limbo time of that game is not for next gen, or maybe you will also get it for next but gen. We but we will get it for next gen. They could have said smart delivery. Mm-hmm. I bet Activision couldn't do it because of their licensing deals. I mean, I'm, you're probably right, but you get the point I'm trying to make. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. there are games being made, the games that will unvi- will release this fall that weren't at Xbox's show. Mm-hmm. That's the craziest thing about this whole E3 being dismantled and everybody else kind of picking up the pieces. Is IGN's going to have a have, have a thing? Xbox obviously has a thing to try and get them people playing games on their on their system. Jeff Keighley's got his thing. Like now, it's, Ubisoft's this is doing whatever, something. This There's is that gorilla thing. Wanted. This is what it's like to, to be a PC player with all these different launchers to play your games. Oh my you God. all were asking for this. <laughs> no, we you uh, not you all. I'd like to raise my hand. The proverbial, <laughs> me neither, man. I, I hate this. Away. Well, I, I'm just saying, this is everybody who's like, Ether is stupid. Why would anybody want to share the stage? Because, share the day. This yeah, is garbage. <laughs> when you have it just like shotgunned all over the place, it can be a mess. It can absolutely be a mess. So I don't know. There's pros and cons to both, certainly. Like there's definitely like we talked about earlier today. Like there's who would be talking about um, the medium as much as people are talking about the medium. You know, if it was maybe a part of a giant, you know, if it, you put that next to um, Keanu Reeves coming out and being in cyberpunk, like that's a, that's a tough sell. It's so a tough, tough to remember that. Here's a, a, along those points is who is talking about the game. I, I still want to say bright minds, bright memory, right? Bright memory. Mm-hmm. Of Nobody would be talking about that game. You guys didn't even know it was on steam, but that's you true. both played it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that, that they did highlight games that nobody's heard about. I like that. I think that's important. It's an important role for everybody to play. But that comes, and that's, um, I was retweeting uh, Games Radar. They said that the promise of E3 is that you watch those games, you see a tunic and you fall in love because you know that Gears is coming. It's going to start missing on people. And I actually think this is a detriment. If we have 30 of these events before November, people are going to start like feeling like the boy who cried wolf. They're going to be like, I don't want to tune into your thing to see Song of the Sea or call of the sea you know like if they don't if you don't give the people what they want they'll eventually tune it out and mm-hmm. i don't think xbox started off giving people what they want and i think that's a problem like you got to give them something you got to start off with something and i think they thought valhalla was that only to see that completely turn on them it was not that it was the opposite of that um, but they needed something to make all the other things worth having and i, I think mm-hmm. that's important and i do think that um if we're looking at this kind of global summer of E3 schedule, I think that's going to be important because if mm-hmm. we tune into Jeff Keighley and he shows us like moving out or something too many, one too many times, you know, people are just like, you know what? I'll just read about it on IGN. Just send me the press release. Give me the bullet points. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tune in. I'm not actually going to consider and see this developer. I'm not going to build a connection there because that's the important part. At the end of the day, the important part is you see a trailer, you hear from a developer you build a connection to that product, you want to buy it, right? If it just comes out as a uh, a blog picture and a couple bullet points, you have, there's no connection there. You know, unless you're really into that genre, you're probably going to dismiss it and never think about it again. Like, how, like, I have a connection with, like, Tunic, for example. I've built a connection with that game. I'm excited about it. I want to know more about it. I want to know more about the developer. I can't wait to play it. I never would have had that. I didn't see it. But if they keep doing this <laughs> and it keeps missing, not just this Xbox show, I'm talking about this whole thing. I'm going to stop watching. May never build that connection with that next game. That's how fragile the relationship is with gamers too. Like you're, it might sound like you're being maybe hyperbolic a little bit. And I would challenge you maybe just a little bit because they have been pretty solid up until now, but, but definitely that is, you know, Xbox, everybody's been giving them all the credit in the world. And to, to the earlier point, Aaron Greenberg 
came out and said essentially that they they missed the mark. Yep. And that is the type of transparency that I think is, uh, you know, they missed it in the in the showcase, but that's that's what people like. And that's what people really like from Nintendo and from, from Sony back in their glory days of having the Reggies and, um, you know, all the people who the hell can remember all the Sony people that have <laughs> left. Um, but that they were real personalities telling and real people talking about what they did right and what they did wrong. And it seems like Xbox is the only the only team left with anybody to even speak like an actual person. So at least there's that. At least yeah. there's that. I don't know that they'll... They do have like a shed of down. humanity. I think that does come from Phil down. Um, yeah. Phil very much comes off as uncorporate. Even though he's totally corporate, he mm-hmm. doesn't give off that feel. Whereas everybody else feels super corporate. Suit and tie. Oh, know, I like Damon. Company I line. like Damon Baker, but he's a Nintendo product. Yeah, Didn't that's it? true. Mm-hmm. So kind of to your point about how everything, all the gaming industry is all dispersed right now with all the news getting fed from different sources. Like I had no idea this Tony Hawk thing was happening until I saw in discord that Donnie had already pre-ordered a game <laughs> because I was, I was like, what's happening. And then I saw there was a trailer and all this other stuff, but because so excited. Yeah. Nathan, I mean, you got to sign up for those alerts at summergamefest.com or whatever, man, you got to, there's something else happening tomorrow that it probably after this will drop, which I'm sure is going to be resistance coming to PS5 or <laughs> which actually makes no sense. Would they even talk about a PS5 game? But I don't know. That's don't a, know. that's for the order. 1887. Yeah. So, but Hey, at least we will be able to play Valhalla at 60 FPS on our new fan dangled consoles. Right guys. Right. The yeah. story makes this story upsets me for yeah. a reason that maybe surprises you. Ooh, do tell. what's the reason? Why are we talking about this? The game is not even <laughs> done yet. Why are we talking about what may or may not happen? You know why? Because they put that optimized for Series X thing on the damn thing and they didn't say it. That's why. If they didn't, here's the thing. If they didn't say Valhalla was optimized for Series X, would anybody care? But they did. I don't know. I don't think they would, but you know why? Because no Assassin's Creed game on any console has ever ran at 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. So why would you expect it? It's because they said optimize for series x it sets the expectation oh this is better well how is it better well it's not 60 uh then what does it do well it's hdr 4k well it is it already is that yeah it's that's the reason that's the difference the difference is they said it's better on xbox well why is it better on xbox well we can't tell you well it makes Mm -hmm. no damn sense because each beard hair will individually move it already does I mean, this is the part of like game development that I'm not really sure. At what point do you go? It's optimized to the point where we're going to be rock solid on this on this frame. It rate. feels like the optimized for Series X as it pertains to Valhalla just means it'll have better load times, which it would obviously because of the console. So that means yeah. it's really not optimized for Series X at all, which is why they shouldn't have put the sticker on the game. Mm-hmm. Making my point again, which I'm hoping that the optimized for Series X doesn't get diluted because the whole Enhanced for Xbox One X. It already is. Was great. I know, but the the enhanced for Xbox One X feature was fantastic because you could see a tangible difference. Oh yeah, in the games, and because it meant something. It, it meant did. something and specific. Higher mm-hmm. resolution, better frame rates. That's what it right. meant. Enhanced for Xbox One X. Here's why you buy it: better resolution, better frame rates on every game that you have. But that's the, I think that's the thing that I'm getting a little bit tripped up on is that. There are so when we talk about visuals, there's so many dimensions and angles and metrics that you can be looking at that make it look better, like better textures, better whatever lighting and shadow effects and blah, blah, blah. Like there's resolution is one of them. Frame rate is one of them. There's so many different things. And 
I was kind of talking about this in the in the Discord as well, just very briefly to say like we are not used to talking about this level of detail when it comes to really anything in the console land. In PC consoles. gamers have been in PC game land. It's like I want to flip this switch and that toggle and like turn on the shadow to this medium detail, but like this lighting to this. We don't do that in console land, and so Xbox is trying to simplify that, and it's very easy to pull that apart when it's trying to capture this whole, this entire slew of visual enhancements, when maybe three out of four of them, or maybe six out of 19 of them are, are really flipped on. And I think that's the tricky part that we don't speak that language admittedly in, in console land. So maybe it, like my take on optimized for series X is that it will look much better, if not the best on series X. And maybe we're just not at a stage in knowing enough about PlayStation 5 and being able to compare one over the other. And that's where that will really start to come into play is this this game is optimized for Series X because it looks better than PlayStation 5. Mm. So maybe, and that's, so my take... Yeah, but they didn't I, say I, that. Jokingly, I know, but because they, they can't right now because they don't know anything about PS5 and, or anything compared... Right, but, but they, Ubisoft does. Bad. And Ubisoft could have said, this game will look best Can you imagine? On Can you Xbox. imagine? maybe but no because they they and i uh i've had this conversation with the whole like cyberpunk thing like why hasn't sony said uh you'll have smart delivery on cyberpunk because because um cd project red came right out and said yeah you'll get the copy free on series x like you'll get the next gen version of the game so it's like why didn't they say that about playstation 5 and it seems like sony has some sort of deal nda or some sort that nobody's allowed to talk about the games. Nobody's yep. allowed to talk about the manner in which you're going to be acquiring these games or moving the libraries from one over to the next. So I think that part is really interesting. So my my joke about the whole like 30 frames per second on on, on Series X is like, so I guess 29 frames per second on PS5. But the like, thing that confuses that me to your point, 29.5. The right. thing that confuses me to your point is that the optimized for Series X badge, as defined by Xbox, doesn't really. It's not strictly. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. It's not just attached to performance. It could right. also mean the game supports smart delivery, which in Valhalla's case, it does. And that means it's optimized for Series X, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything about Series X. It just means you can play the Series X version of it on that console, right? So like, it's too all-encompassing. And I understand why. They've got all these vocabulary terms they're throwing out there. They're trying to simplify it. But the problem is because they went that far, like the horse is out of the barn. They mm -hmm. already tried to show you all the reasons why simplifying it doesn't make any sense because it's not apples and oranges. They're not one to one. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's an issue. Like you can say it's optimized for Series X, but if it literally runs and plays the same way, the map, like the people that follow this stuff, and, and we should say it's not most people. Most people that yeah. buy consoles don't give a crap what ser optimized for Series X means. Right. It's just something they put on the box. But for people like us that follow it, it, all the details matter, right? That's what we follow. We're chasing all the details. And the details are so wide ranging that it, like the point doesn't make any, make any sense, right? If you're saying, well, uh, uh, optimized for Series X could mean more frames or 4K or HDR or, or uh, auto latency or smart delivery. It could mean any of these things. And it doesn't have to remember, it doesn't have to equal more than one, just any of them. Well, how useful is that? Well, I mean, the way that they define it is just that the developer took extra time to take full advantage of the hardware. So the it, result of that could be one of those 19 different things. So right. 
I mean, I, do we care? So at that point, does somebody care? Like they took the extra time to to make it better. Like I don't know. Ultimately, people only care about what does it run at. Like ultimately, right. people, and that's why this issue is an issue. Because mm-hmm. when you say Optimus Series X and you lead with Valhalla, yeah. people expect it to be better. And they literally came out and said it'll run at 4K30, which is what we already have. <laughs> and that's a problem. Uh, and I understand why it's a problem. I don't think it should be a problem. Like, I get it. Um, I was actually talking to Dev about this. In certain games that I've played, 30 really bothers me. Like, uh, when I played Gears 4 at 60, I never wanted to play Gears at 30 ever again. I tried to go back and I was like, this is choppy as can be. Same thing for The Last of Us. When I played The Last of Us at 60 frames, I never wanted to go back. I have played every Assassin's Creed game that I've ever played at 30 frames per second. It has never bothered me and I've never noticed it. Yeah. Um, so I don't even understand why this would bother me, but I understand why it bothers some. And it's because Series X, teraflops, all the power, 120 frames, and then your big first game that you lead with doesn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. that's a problem. It's a bad message. So as much as I love the conversation, we should move on to Xbox 2020. Yeah, we should. So with 2020, they they kind of put out a roadmap of sorts for what they expect to do uh, this year leading up to launch, which they reaffirmed was again going to be for this fall with Halo Infinite. So, with everything going on, the uncertainties that kind of have surrounded everything with manufacturing and China and the pandemic, they are still pretty solid on this on this fall release date. Do you think that that Sony is as solid as they are at this point? Yep. I think they have both to be. of them are good to go. Yeah, I think you have to be at this point. It's too late not to be. If they weren't at this point good to go, I think we'd have already seen the delay because there's no there's no more time. Like you can't. I think this would do. There'd be adverse harm to market share if in August they were like, nope, no console until April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people like I think a lot of people would be like, what? What are you talking about? You couldn't have told us this sooner? Um, so I think they're both ready to go. Now, it may be, I've said this the whole time, ready to go might be we've got 500,000 units. That, that could be a part of it. I don't think it is, but it could be a part of it. could be scarce at start. But I think they both go. Yeah. People don't realize how long it takes to manufacture build molds, build machines to mass produce these types of things. They are already being made. It is too late to make changes. Like these are already things that are happening. So right now Sony is making my exclusive Spider-Man PS5 is what you're saying? Uh, no, because I don't think that game's coming out this year. No, but I think they said 2022 actually. You know, I think they so actually yeah, that's yeah, going to be a minute. They're making that console by now. I'm trying to build the lead up, you know what I mean? Never mind. So for this year with Xbox 2020, we are looking at a roadmap with new information each month. So it's going to be talking about Game Pass. It's going to be talking about Series X, Game Studios, and xCloud. Everything they have, they're going to be kind of laying it all out, driving up hype for the launch of Series X in the fall. So in June, we don't know exactly what's coming, but they are going to do something different. Um, so hopefully we'll find out what that is going to be for June pretty soon. July, as we kind of alluded for already, is going to be focused on Xbox Game Studios games. We know that there are a ton of games in development right now. Everybody. That are, yeah, that are first party. They're going to be fantastic. Only on Microsoft platforms, the Xbox or the PC. That we needs have... to be a banner day for them to say, here mm-hmm. are eight or more exclusive games that you can only play on Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. It can't be just Halo. It can't be just Halo and like, two other games it needs to be a lot of games they have to make a statement right 
or am I, or mm-hmm. do you disagree? No, they, they need to come out with their, the July event is their event, right? That is going to be what. That's going to be their, their biggest E3 case to conference. sell the console. Right. Their July event should be akin to their E3 press conference. I agree. So it's, but it's I think the main pop. point that I think Xbox the car. needs to make the thing that Xbox has not done that all of the fans are on the fence about is they have to prove to gamers that they make high quality exclusive games when you play mm-hmm. on their platform. And they have to sell that that day. It can't be grounded in bleeding edge. It needs True. to be more than that. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation it, for that day. Is that expectation too high? So I don't think it's too high. I think I think the expectation needs to be, yes, you have, we know it's going to be there. We know Halo is going to be there. We know Forza's is going to be there. Uh, we know flight simulator is going to be there. Uh, those are are the known quantities. But like you, to your point, Donnie, we need to know what their other studios are doing, right? At that point, if they're ready to show, hopefully gameplay, but something about what's going to be coming out on Series X in the launch window. I don't know if it'll all be for the fall because of what's going on right now. Launch window, I think, will probably be used a lot as a terminology. I don't even think launch window. I don't even think dates matter. I think they need to prove. To gamers everywhere, all consumers, that we make excellent games that you want to play. I don't mm-hmm. care if they come out in year one or year two or beyond that, but they need to get like I would be I would feel like it'd be a letdown if they if people if generally general consumer can't walk away from there saying, Here are five games that I can't wait to play on Xbox. Like it's gotta be more than three. Like they've gotta well, bring up more than that. I would Add to that, that general consumer needs to be able to walk away from that event and click a pre-order button. Or Game Pass. That's the other thing. Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. They say you buy, but that's the thing. They need to say that every single time. Here's the new Fable that you can play on Game Pass. Here's the new Hellblade that you can play on Game Pass. Here's the new Forza that you can play on Game Pass. They need to hit that hard, but they also need to have the games that make you want to subscribe to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That's the other so, yeah, thing. I, I see a lot of clout being given to the first party, and I, I don't know if it's just I, – I, I'm kind of doubtful. Honestly, no, I am too. That's, that's that, why like, I bring it up. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like I was beyond surprised by Hellblade 2. Like what Hellblade 2 looks like, I was like, oh, snap. That looks – so what I the hell it, do I know about? I said Who it when they brought Ninja Hellblade? on. I was like, this could be Xbox's Naughty Talk. And people were like, that's insane because I, 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 under, I understand I why because Naughty mm-hmm. Dog is great. It's the style of game they make. Mm. Xbox doesn't need to have 10 out of 10 Naughty Dog game. They just need to have a Naughty Dog-like game. Yeah. And that's that's Ninja Theory. They can do that. Nathan, who's your studio that, like, kind of, like, who's going to be the dark horse of the studios that they that they picked up? I'm the curious. Like, that's, but that's just, I mean, that's the whole, like, if you're building... Um, that's the ground up studio, right? That's that yeah. is there. That that's is their a flagship. quadruple A. That's, like, a that's, a other, that's a whole other problem that they've got going on. Like, what is it? Speaking of expectations, you're creating a new category of budget for game. <laughs> like, don't even go there. But you've got Double Fine, you've mm-hmm. got Compulsion, who did We Happy Few, which is Not a good. C game. Like, so I think it's Obsidian. I, Obsidian. Obsidian is definitely up there. I think yep. Obsidian can deliver a game. Yep. Mm-hmm. exclusive to xbox that makes people want to play it yep that's i totally agree but we also have hopefully which we should have this fall playground games version of fable hopefully right? not this fall 
but no. will be shown. It will be there in July. I do believe that, be but there. not this fall. I don't think it's a launch game. They do, yeah, maybe that's what was missing from this last showcase was that like, oh my God, I can't believe this exists because like I know this from my past or something, or maybe there's some sort of like callback, like the, that that mic drop moment. Like the Final Fantasy VII remake moment. When a little bit. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be quite that crazy, yeah. but but yeah, something something like that. Um, that Perfect that dark. is special. And yeah, <sighs> I mean, dark like that's but Perfect a... Dark isn't really their legacy, right? I know that's I mean, that's the tricky part. I feel like I'm way too optimistic on this because uh, I was talking to Josh about it and talking to several people in Discord. I've heard Sean discuss it. A lot of people are not like not as excited for the return of Perfect Dark that I think I am. When I hear like triple a perfect dark from a brand new giant studio i literally think like control and that makes me excited i'm like oh man if they could do something like that with joanna dark i would be over the moon for that splinter cell-esque yeah i would be i would be all about that but if it's just like a shooter like it was i'm not really that's what i that's that's the issue because take the core elements of it and then completely rebuild it right because she's a spy well the problem is you can't have like they already have Gears and Halo. That's a problem. The problem is that a lot of the games are shooters. They need mm-hmm. non-shooter things, which is why yeah. I keep going that uh, that control route, right? Like make it a um, you know like an adventure game or an action adventure game. I'd be all for that. And if they did Splinter Cell, I'd be for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to give some variety there. But I'm this actually excited the about the rumor. I'm sorry. I was just going to say this is this is the fascinating thing about the first party lineup is like at what at some point. I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen, but, you know, um, Xbox banked on shooters. They banked Mm -hmm. on Halo and they banked on Gears and having the Call of Duty like partnership with the 360. They're the only controller with the trigger on it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. They actually build it around that. Nobody. I shouldn't say nobody, but shooters are not the hotness anymore. The hotness is. Sony flipped the table. Yes. absolutely. So what's to say that's not that can't happen again. So maybe at a certain point people kind of get. Okay, we know what's, what Sony is going to be doing. Like, they're going to have another over the shoulder third person action adventure, heavy narrative driven game. Like, does that get old at a certain point? Everybody loves those games. No, like, I know people that, going crazy about days don't, gone. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The The point I'm trying to make is that people were just as hot about Halo, if not more. Halo is the biggest franchise in the world and Gears and all the shooters. And then people just walked away from that. Now they're about this, or maybe they're about battle royales or. What yeah. I'm trying to say is that it's really difficult to go, here's what the game of the next generation, the game genre of the next generation is going to be. And then we're going to essentially define our group of studios around around that. And sure. that's what Sony's done really, really well. And I think Nintendo has done that as well. Microsoft is taking a different approach to this and that you're going to get a whole slew of different types of games, which is great for the variety, but it's bad because it's not, you don't know what to expect. You're not... Uh, corralling a fan base around it. Right. You know, like there is a really easy sell. Even I admit it. I'm not getting PlayStation 5 at the start of this gen, but even I admit that the temptation is strong because you know exactly what you're in for when you buy the box. You're right. We don't know exactly what we're in for when we buy the Series X. We know that we'll get some things. We're going to go to Awesome Racer and a couple shooters. Beyond that, we really don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in addition to all the 2020 news, there was another article about a new dashboard that will be part of the new series x i'm so excited about this <laughs> take it away Downey. yeah they, they announced uh the, they had the lead uh i think i wrote it in yeah jason ronald program director of program management he he announced a game spot 
I always say stop every time I think of that outlet GameSpot, that they are building a new UI interface and dashboard for Series X. And I think I, like a lot of people, had expected them to keep what they had going and continuing forward. And even to the point now where I'm excited but also hesitant, because the last time they launched a brand new UI, like if we started with the Xbox One original, right? And it's like they've gotten the Xbox One finally to a place where I would say today, right now, that I like the Xbox UI. Like I finally, yeah. I am in on it. Like I'm like, this is good. This is how I want it. And now they're about to change it again. Now I say that I still expect it to be similar. I don't expect them to do something brand new. And I think they would only improve on it. I can't imagine that they would go backwards from everything they've done to get this thing here. So I'm still excited about it. And I am happy that they're doing a new one because I think it matters. Um, I, just like I think the new startup boot screen that we've seen matters, the new sound matters. It all matters because you have to, it has to become, it has to circulate that the new console's new. If it has the same dashboard and it does a lot of the same things and it feels more of the same. And we know because they share games, it already feels like it's more of the same. So, and every other avenue, they need to try and improve upon it and make sure that it's tangibly different, that you can tell this is a Series X. And uh, I'm excited about the new UI. Um, when it comes to what I would want from the new UI, I really only want it to be faster. That is ultimately when it comes to UI, that's the thing that I care about most is that it's super fast for me to get in and out of the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. I love the customization that Xbox has given me over the Xbox One UI. I hope they take that a step further. Um, I love being able to build my own groups. I wish I could set groups in like categories. Um, one of the things that I was thinking like, you know, when you go into your game library, you can sort them by recently purchased, recently installed. I wouldn't mind being able to drop those tags into the home screen, like as a group. So I could say like, here are my favorite, here are indies, here are the last things I played, here are the last things that I installed, here are the last things that have been updated. I wouldn't mind being able to do that from the home screen without having to jump into that other stuff. But ultimately what I want to be is I want to be able to manage my games as fast as possible. That is literally when it comes to UI design, that is all I really care about. You can give me some flair and some customization. I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. As long as it's fast. The Xbox One original UI was atrocious. It was slow as could be, had Mixer and and or Beam and Beam. the store and everything built into it. And it slowed it down completely. It took forever. Mm -hmm. So they can't do that. And I don't expect that they will. So I am excited. And this will be a part of one of those inside Xbox things, right? Like maybe we see it in June. Maybe we see it in August. But eventually they're going to come out and they're going to be like, here's what xCloud is like now that we're rolling it everywhere and it's part of Game Pass and here's the new UI for Series X. That's going to be exciting, actually, to me. It might be more exciting than the event we just had. And that makes zero sense because the event we just had actually has games. But And I always bring this up because I've, it's like bittersweet or I feel almost hypocritical. So I almost have to like self-defend myself because gamers on Twitter, like in 240 characters, they go, just show me the games. I don't care about anything else. But I do. I do care about my UI. So I care I, about the way that it looks and the way that it feels. It means a lot to me because I use it all the time. And having a good UI is actually something that I will pay for. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I will well, buy my, a box based off of that. It's my biggest knock against Nintendo that like they've got games. There's no doubt about it. They've got games. But I hate the cloud save situation. And not even just that some games have it and some games don't. I hate how it's like, if I pick up a Nintendo, I want it to know what my last save was. I don't have to go tell it, go get my cloud save because I'm now on a different system. I don't want to have to do anything manual. And so that kind of stuff matters to me. It's not even about power, but what is the experience? What is the experience like? 
And yep. so to the point of this UI thing, I think that this article that I've just sped read through was is saying suggesting that there's still enhancements coming to the Xbox One. Yep. Um, and that, you know, the feedback is is being taken from people playing on Xbox One that is guiding the Series X dashboard. But they do need to be different, I think, to Donnie's point. They do need to show that that one is snappier and better. And even though like people like us who pay attention to this sort of thing, we look at uh, the, the dashboard in its current state and go, this is good. Most people, I think, would look at the dashboard, maybe grandma, Donnie. Maybe what if grandma looks at I'm this? so sick and tired of comparing <laughs> I'm grandma. I'm just kidding. I only know that grandma. <laughs> I hate that analogy so yeah, much. But I think for I think for even um, you know for our friends in, in in Sony camp, they would look at today's dashboard and go like it's the same as it used to be. It yeah, doesn't. You're right. It has that Xbox style. Mm-hmm. It's so they Metro they, Windows yep. design. Yep. Yep. So they they just wouldn't give it the credit that it maybe it's, is due that it is quite a bit faster. But it's kind of like comparing where the Wii U started where with where the Wii U ended in terms of its UI. That's like true. it still wasn't it still wasn't perfect at the end, but it was a marked difference. It's good, it's simple. It mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Diana, let's get into some questions. Okay. Um, our first question comes from Bmox in the Discord, and he asks, "What accessories are you bringing over to Series X? Controllers, headsets, more? What are you about? You, Nathan? Oh, you know what I want to bring over. So I'm bringing over my Elite Series Two controller for sure." Um, I do have the rig, not rigs. Yeah. Rigs 900 or something like that. Uh, Plantronics, the wireless Dolby Atmos headsets, um, which are really nice, but it, you got to plug in the little USB dongle to the Xbox. And I don't like that. That's why in the past I've always mentioned, I want something that's native to that as far as accessories go. Yeah. But the only like for sure accessory that I know that I'm going to bring over is the headset until there's something better. And then my elite series two controller. The headset's interesting. Sean, you have the Arctis 7, right? I have the 9X. The 9? Mm-hmm. Um, I plugged it into my Xbox controller tonight when I was playing a uh, golf game with friends, and the microphone, nothing no, I could hear, but nothing else worked. My microphone didn't work or anything else. Hmm. And Did I you know, update your firmware? <laughs> and I know the dongle... I'm actually that, being kind of serious. No, I know the dongle that attaches to the PC doesn't work on Xbox, but does work on PlayStation. So I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Like maybe I just didn't do something right, but it was, it wasn't that seamless period that Nathan said. So I just plugged in my Astros because I know that it works when I plug it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, the headphone thing is is weird because I just bought these new Arctis headphones and I'm not sure that they work if I'm trying to party, but they do work when I'm playing games. They sound amazing. Um, I sold my Elite Two because there is a giant run on things right now, and those Series Two controllers are selling for insane amounts of money. Oh really? Yeah, they are. <laughs> like I sold my series two. Un- I sold my series two for insane profit. <laughs> I was like, "This yeah, is you really crazy." What this person's well, paying me for this? The reason I get so excited about this is Donnie and I connect big time on the major flaw, which is the only flaw in the controller is that it share doesn't have button. a share button. Where the next controller, of course, will have a share. Which button. Which is why so I sold it. I, that's how cool. do you have an elite version, like the premier version, where like the one the controller that comes with the next console? has an additional feature. Like how is yep. that even, how so is that possible? I will use that as my main controller until they yep. release the series version three, the elite version three yeah, you know it's coming. with the share button. And then I will buy that mm-hmm. and be happy. But the moment that I saw uh, the share button, I was already like, I'm not going to use this elite anymore. 
like once that happens and like then you were just instantly turned off from the elite control kind of to be honest with you and I, that sounds stupid but again for me that matters that matters way more than yeah. the paddles and the metal sticks and everything like that functionality and yeah if i did i already have a like an original elite and so i could definitely just kind of go i could suck it up and just kind of use suck that it one up. <laughs> suck it up. you know uh, also there's a part of me that feels like it really needs to be said because i think a lot of times um, these premium things can come off a bit elitist when you're talking about it on podcasts. Right. It's not like the Xbox one controller isn't already amazing. It's right. not like mm-hmm. using a regular controller isn't trash mm-hmm. and the series X controller with the upgraded D pad and the share button. Like it looks great. It's like, this is a better version of the Xbox controller. So I didn't feel it was honestly that it was like, I could just play on my gears controller just fine. Like I really don't do it's it's honestly it's a matter of like do I really want this premium controller? Do I really want it? No. Do I really want one that has the share button? Yes. So let's go ahead and move this now while it's selling well and I'll get the new one when it comes out. See, and I'm what I'm trying to do is I know I'm going to feel burned and I'm sure a lot of other people are going to feel burned when they announce the series 3 or whatever the hell it's going to be yep. called and there's the share button. It's like I just spent a huge amount of money on this thing. So like, I'm not suggesting that, like, I think the, the, the controller is awesome. Like it is actually amazing, but that doesn't save me from feeling totally be instantly antiquated when mm-hmm. they release it with this. I'm so surprised that they didn't just release yeah. the elite two as a series X controller. Like they already knew what they were doing. They knew ahead yeah. of time. They should have just made it the thing. Yeah. That's um, a tough one. Yeah. So I just went back to play on my gears controller. I sold it and I was really happy. Mm-hmm. I didn't I bought my arcade machine with the money for that I sold the controller for, if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, so I'll be bringing over my Xbox controllers. The interesting thing, the interesting question that I have to this panel is I don't know what to do with my Series X. Or I mean, I'm sorry, my Xbox One X. That's the thing I don't know what I'm doing with when Series mm-hmm. X come. Do I trade it in, save a little money, sell it to a friend? Do I keep it? Like, is it, worth, the only one? is it more yeah. worth more than getting rid of? Like, do you just have like you have a regular like one uh, X? Yeah, I have you the have, like, the day. Yeah, because I so so I I probably trade that in. Um, I have a Gears Five one right here, and then Chelsea plays on the Scorpio. Oh, like the, the original. Like, I have the Scorpio. That's the one I yeah. have. Okay, so that's not okay. So that's I'm sorry. No, I have the day one Scorpio yeah. edition. Scorpio, I'd probably keep as well. I think that's pretty dope. Um, okay, playing one X. I don't know. I'd so Devin told me to put it over here at the computer table. He's like, dude, just put that thing on your ultra wide monitor and play that way. And yeah. I was like, that's the best non sell idea that I've heard because mm-hmm. I was thinking about giving it to my son. I don't think that's like worth it. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> wow. it's like. Oof. I mean, I'm not joking. He has a 360 and a Switch. Like, how much more mm-hmm. does he need? He's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just, like, here's extra, you know, hundreds of dollars of savings here. We're selling it. I could put it over here at the computer and play more that way. I could do that. I think but the thing was... is that, that thing is that thing is plummeting in value, though. Like, they've they've essentially permanently dropped the price on it to, what, $2.99, I think. Yeah. So It's been I mean, available at, like, $1.99 and $2.25 often. Has it? Re- the 1X. Yeah. There was oh a 199 sale that I posted in Discord. Like, was it like six weeks ago? Wow. It's like 199 today. But those were refurbished, I think. Still, if, if we're like- forecasting six months from now, there mm-hmm. is a price where, if like, if I walk into Best Buy to order my new Series X, 
And they're like, we'll give you $100 for your One X. I'm going to tell them to go stuff it. I'm like, yeah, I'll just play games on it at that price. Like, you're not saving me enough at that point. Yeah. Now, I think you keep the Scorpio edition, put it on your desk. That's going to be your best scenario because you, A, it's a it's a work of art. Like, the, the, the Scorpio edition itself with the gradient artwork and everything on there. And the whole... I bought the, the Phantom the controller just to match it. Yeah. <laughs> for that reason alone i was like i need the phantom it matches the console mm-hmm. uh i would i would keep the scorpio if it was just me but uh i don't think you're gonna get much you're not gonna get enough i would say i don't think so either to make it worth your while to sell it so i think i'm gonna do both which is interesting you're gonna sell it and keep it? no no i mean i think i'm gonna keep both i think i'm gonna put the series x on the tv and put the one x over here on the monitor yeah, yeah and just keep well, playing then, I, I don't know with the Series X, maybe then you can figure out a way to use um, uh, xCloud or something on it if it, you know, if that becomes like an xCloud box or something for you. Yeah, yeah, it could. You mean the One X? Mm-hmm. Somewhat like future-proofing after a couple of years? Maybe it does. Mm-hmm. I would have, I mean, it's got to be plenty strong enough to do it, so I would hope that they would do that at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What other questions have we got, Donnie? Um, let's see here. What is the one major improvement that Microsoft needs for next-gen to have a leg up in the competition? And that comes from Garrett. And uh, a leg up in the competition is a very interesting way of putting it, Garrett. Because the one thing that Xbox needs to win over, win back the hearts of mass gamers is games. And I just don't know if they've got the studios to do it. And if we're talking about like a straight across the board comparison. If you're trying to compare what Xbox outputs to Zelda and Mario and Smash and Mario Kart Animal Crossing or... Horizon and The Last of Us and Uncharted. Like, I don't know if, if Microsoft stacks up. And that's the one thing that they really need to do. Now, the one thing that I think they do have a leg up is the reason why I'm um, buying Series X day one. Like, I'm so sold on Xbox because of Game Pass. And yeah. I can't say it enough. And uh, for some people out there, I guess they don't care. Like, they don't they don't mind. But for me... The type of gamer I am, uh, oftentimes in PSVG land, people make fun of how much I dabble in games and don't finish them and how much I jump around. Game Pass couldn't be more suited for me. It is a buffet of never-ending games. I have Game Pass through 2023, and I, I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, I love Game Pass, and the fact that I'm going to get Scorn and all these other games that I would never pay $60. I'm not paying $60 for those games, but the fact that they're just coming to Game Pass, like Call of the Sea. Probably wouldn't be pay money to play that day one, but it hits Game Pass. Totally going to play it. That, that's all I need from a game in the lower third when a game is shown and it says, coming to Game Pass. Just got Streets of Rage. So excited. Played it completely through with my son. Had a great time. Played it on Game Pass. Didn't spend $25 at all. Completely through Game Pass. So, mm-hmm. and to me, I know not for everybody, but to me, that matters more to me than exclusives. The exclusives will always the exclusives will always be there. I can always go back and I can get a. It's not that I'm anti PlayStation and it's not that I won't get one. I will, but those exclusives will always be there for me. Whereas Game Pass saves me money immediately. It's instant savings. It's instant access. I already have it. So it'd be weird to have all this Game Pass and not a Series X. Like what the hell am I doing? Like of course you're gonna get Series X and uh, Game Pass in that regard has changed my entire gaming habits, which I think is its ultimate value in terms of a Trojan horse. I buy exclusively digital now on mm-hmm. Xbox. You said today, Donnie pre-ordered Tony Hawk. Game didn't come out yet. I didn't have to pre-order today. Totally did. 
because I got Game Share, I got Game Pass. Like it's honestly with Xbox Game Pass has made me like loose with my own money. It's made me ridiculous <laughs> with with spending because it's like I don't pay for any of these games. <laughs> I gotta give yeah. somebody some money over, <laughs> you know. So I'm like eager to buy, and I'm 100 digital in Xbox. It's easy. It's simple. I'm gonna bring the One X home. I'm going to unplug one, plug in the other, and turn it on and get going and plug in my hard drive and keep playing. It's going to be so, uh, I think, frictionless is the the buzz term. Frictionless gaming. I'm just going to start playing right away. No issues. <laughs> no transfer. No hooking up different consoles or anything. Just go. And I'm, yeah. I couldn't be more excited about that. So for me, I know our listeners are probably tired of hearing it. Game Pass. Game Pass. Game Pass. Game Pass. Game Pass. For for me, it's uh, I think they I, I think I said this on the Xbox Drive last week too that they can take Game Pass up a notch this generation. So it's awesome that Scorn's coming out day and date. It's awesome that whatever other games that they didn't message very well are coming day and date. They need to get big, big third party partnerships in Red the Dead Redemption too. Well, exactly. But how do you get Cyberpunk launching into Game Pass? Like, like it basically be instead of trying to have like a, a a killer app for your your console, you have it for your service. You know, I asked Ryan that uh, Ryan McCaffrey when he came on with us, and I was wondering, I was like, do they need like a, an exclusive second party game like they did at the launch of the Xbox One? Remember, we had Rise from Crytek, we had Dead Rising, right? Um, we had uh, Sunset Overdrive. That was the other one. I don't know if you need to go out and spend all the money to secure an exclusive. I think an exclusive to Xbox means launching in Game Pass. It almost makes it exclusive. It's like, right. why would I buy this on PlayStation? It just hits exactly. Game Pass. Exactly. That's that's the thing. I totally agree with you. Um, and I don't know what the cost difference would be to like publish a game. Versus- it can't be that much. It has to be much, much less. Yeah, I agree. You just live off of everybody else's promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Like you hit, like you let PlayStation show you the latest and greatest third-party game and you just come out and be like, Game Pass. Yeah. And here's Nintendo's new thing, Game Pass. Yeah. So you walk away from the whole like exclusive, you can't play this anywhere else. It's you'd be kind of stupid to be actually buying this. You're going to buy this for $60. But I mean, Uh at this point, like there are still games that come out like on, like a lot of people are playing um, downhill, uh, lonely hills, lonely hills, downhill, whatever it's called. um, Just hit switch. And it's like, you know, this is on game pass. Why aren't you doing it? So I feel like they need to swing a just a little harder on that first party games first party stuff is great but people don't really hold those games and those studios up probably high enough for that to really change in the way that maybe they want it to it's changing a little bit it's definitely i would say it's even changing a lot but to really swing people over from ps5 uh which is really i think to the core of garrick's question to really take people back you got to go why would you buy call of duty over there when it launches into game pass over here and i think that's that's a hyperbolic example. I'm not suggesting that that's even remotely close to even happening, but things like that, yeah. like the next Batman game, whatever the Harry Potter thing that's happening. How much might- different would the news of Tomb Raider's exclusivity have been had it launched in a game pass instead of being exclusive to Xbox exactly. one? Exactly. You know, I, we we're seeing stories about like a very small game, Hyperdot, which you and you and I have, have played. The game is so good. I think it's great, and and you know it's, it's one that uh, we we paid money for to to play it yep. at first. It's now in Game Pass, and they're they're talking. They're one of the only I think developers talking about how many people are playing it after coming to Game Pass. They're hitting up to hundred twenty thousand people playing on Game Pass. There's like way more people than people are playing on Stadia. 
Oh, for sure. And that's <laughs> tangible. That, that, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just saying that as a funny joke. That is tangible value to a developer. Mm-hmm. So you can put your yeah. game on Stadia and have eight thousand people, or you can put it in Game Pass. We give you a hundred thousand people playing it right away. Even an indie game about a puzzle and a dot. Yep. You know, it's not like that he got like reimbursed for it or he got compensated for it is what I'm looking for. Um, for it to be in Game Pass, there's got to be some sort of deal sure. there. But he is a he's a one man developer team who just wants people to play his game. Yeah. Right. So he's been compensated monetarily, but he's being like rewarded by just seeing hundreds of thousands of people playing his game that he has slaved over for years and years. And like, that's everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that Game Pass obviously wins over developers to them to because they people just, they just want people to play their games. But the, to really swing hard, like I said, some sort of big deal. It's not enough anymore to just have like the marketing deal, which I think still matters. But if if they're going to really move it, then you got to have Cyberpunk launch into it. That's kind of where I'm where I'm at with it. Well, there was that rumor. I retweeted it. There was that rumor that somebody said it was going to actually launch into it. I don't believe it. That sounds crazy, but that mm-hmm. would surely be insane news. Doesn't it seem like really project um, CD Project Red though, like very consumer friendly. We it want really everybody does. to play the game. Like it, it's that kind of mentality that maybe jives a little bit. Mm-hmm. That maybe they just be open enough to do it. I don't know, man. It's and maybe like we said. I mean, Microsoft has the money. Can they do it? Right. They can do all things. They have billions and billions of dollars. Like we, sh- we, we should not be trying to save Microsoft money. Right. <laughs> they have yeah. so much money. <laughs> I'm spending all the money. <laughs> yeah, they have so much money. Um, mm. It doesn't make like prudent sense to undercut you know series x at a hundred dollars and sell it for 400 but they totally can afford to do it if they wanted to they totally can um they make so much with windows and everything else that they can absolutely do that um but yeah cyberpunk i could see them writing a big check like tomb raider instead of going out and saying exclusive like no we're not going to make exclusive you can still sell your game everywhere else you're still going to sell it on xbox we just want it to be available for game pass and maybe it's one of those things where they launch it on current gen and then the announcement comes, and if you buy Series X, it's just a Game Pass post-announcement. That's still huge news. Because yeah. yeah. if you haven't bought it and you're waiting for next gen, and it's like your biggest game, don't you want it there where it's already smart delivery, where it already has all the latest and greatest upgrades? That's still huge news. And I'd buy it anyway. And that's the other thing. Like with a lot of us, like our hardcore people, we still buy the game. I can't I still buy games. They hit Game Pass. I was, yeah. You know, like that's a part of it too. Like you still kind of have that endearing thing where some people will just still buy it. Like I'm so it's cool that you came to Game Pass. I still want to give you the money for the game. Mm-hmm. And I think CD Projekt Red specifically is that type of developer where even if it hit Game Pass, tons of people would still buy it because they'd say, I want to own it. Yeah. You know, I'll just Watch buy the. Everything else that they can sell. Yeah. Um, you know, which is cool. I, we, we passed over this earlier, but did you see Aaron Greenberg confirmed that uh, smart delivery also includes cross save, that your saves from uh, Xbox One X and Xbox One Xbox One S will carry over, and you can just pick up and play on the newest patch game, which Perfect. I expected. Right, right. I did expect, um, but still very, very cool to see. Like I never actually even thought about it until he like he tweeted. I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if that'll work on PlayStation. Like I hope it does, mm-hmm. but do we know? We don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's no precedent. There's no precedent at all for that for us to think like, of course, on PlayStation. But they, my reaction to that was like, yeah, well, of course, that's 
Right. That's how it works. And that's how like, that's how blended these generations are, which is very awkward. We're expecting like this leap, which it is, but it's like, we've kind of been already. I mean, one of the first times I was even podcasting with Nathan was just talking about like the one X and how it's actually the next generation. Just now they're calling it an Xbox one. There's nothing in that console that is even remotely close to what's in the original one. So like, what does it even mean to be part of the same generation anyways? So shares firmware, just the launcher. That's the best way to put it. Yep. Yeah. There's like totally different cooling system, power system, everything, Ram, GPU, CPU. It's all different. It may as well just be a different generation of console, but it is all blended and it's all worked together. And that's how it's going to work in this next generation, which should be why people should care about Xbox. But that's a tough thing to wrap up in a sweet, sweet marketing term. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not simple and it's not easy. Yeah. But it is easy. Like, it's, that's the funniest thing is like, it makes life so easy. You go back and forth from, I go from PC to my Xbox playing the same game. Mm-hmm. Things cross over and everything is, is great. So yeah, I, I, I kind of expected it to work this way, but anybody who's played the same game on their Xbox, going from like one Xbox to maybe their X to an S and then to a PC. And you just have that little load thing that's like syncing up your data. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It works every single time. And it's fast, and I don't even have to think about it, and that's why I love Xbox. Yep. Donnie, we got one more question. With the recent news that AC and Assassin's Creed Valhalla will run at least 30 frames per second, do you think this will be a problem with a lot of AAA launch games? Do you think most will launch not fully optimized for next-gen and patch later? And that comes from Zach Eggshin Bradshaw. Um, It's interesting. The at the Assassin's Creed one is interesting because I was I started to do some digging after this came up and I realized that uh, Assassin's Creed doesn't run sixty like on most anything. And yeah. Actually, to run Assassin's Creed Odyssey in sixty, you have to have a really great graphics card and a really good PC, and even then, it doesn't really run it stable. Now, Devin has told me that it's all CPU based and based on next gen CPUs that aren't even available for PC yet that should be able to do it. I only push back. Um, based on the news, like my only pushback on him is well, obviously they can't, <laughs> if they could, they would, <laughs> I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're not doing it just because I'm pretty sure they're not doing it because they can't. So I don't know, action, to be honest with you. I really don't know. I think, uh, I don't think any developer will launch a game on console. That's not stable. So if they know yeah. they can get it stable at 30, then that's where they're going to go. Uh, instead of having an erratic at 60 and it's dropping frames all over the place. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think I think this is less a story about if the the Series X is powerful or not. It's a story of how far back do they have to program this game for? Like that's really the story about this this launch. Is it's not just a new gen. Like, even if we were going to a new generation where developers haven't really figured out all the tricks to to make and optimize the games just for that new console, they're having to do that also for the PS4, yep. 4 Pro. You don't want to leave all X. those users out of the. All the way back this yep. this Valhalla game is is more than just a series x game it goes all the way back to that vcr xbox one so i think that's really the story here rather than um how powerful this is not necessarily an indication of a limitation of that console it's how many how many configurations can you make for this giant ass game well and the digital foundry in their lead up to this before not their post but their pre launch thing about Assassin's Creed, they talk about how intensive Assassin's Creed is on the CPU on everything. And it's just yeah. how they make those games. And maybe next gen will change 
will offer them some opportunities to change and offload some stuff yet. But the fact that, like what you just said, the fact that they're carrying all this legacy stuff with them and running probably makes most sense to them. And then mm-hmm. there's also the artistic choice. Some developers may think their game is better at 30. And that was yep. the point that Microsoft was trying to make in with all this news, but nobody wants to hear it. And nobody wants to hear it because they kept talking about 120 frames. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's biting them in the butt and rightfully so. You know, like if you were going to put your name next to that kind of expectation, then this is what happens. Um, I don't think that this will be a problem with a lot of AAA launch games. I don't expect insane 120 frames on most things because I don't think most people's have capabilities to even take advantage of that, to be honest. I don't think most people are playing consoles on monitors and stuff like that. So in that regard, I think we will see 4K60 most of the time. I would say more than most of the time, like 75% or even higher of the games that launch on next gen will probably be 4K60 most of the time. Um, Because it seems to be a very baseline structure, unless you're like doing something crazy, like maybe ray tracing. Like when they first came out, that Valhalla was 4K30, I thought, with ray tracing on, because that makes sense to me. Um, I just played Bright Memory Infinite. I turned on all the ray tracing and all the things on my computer, and it struggled. Um, I understand how intensive ray tracing is on a game. Um, but uh, Ubisoft didn't mention anything about supporting ray tracing, so I don't think that's it. Um, I do think the whole point, though, at a minimum, like they're very clear to say it will run at a minimum of 30. I think it'll probably run at a minimum of 4K 30 with the option to go up to 60 if you lower the resolution a bit. Um, that's the other thing that I could see happening. If you go in 2K or 1080p, then you can go to 60. And a lot of people may not want to hear that, but that's still a very big improvement because yeah. um, you can't do that on current gen. You can't go 60 in this game at all on current gen. Um, so that would be something. And that's perfect for me. I only play on 1080p screen. So 60 frame, 1080p, like I'm, I've been good with that since since the 1X came out. Like I, I'm nice. not pushing resolution for anything so what do you think Nate? um i think that most most games that come out like your call of duties or whatever your maddens uh the big the big ones that'll be around that launch window or at least be optimized for series x at its launch will have probably 4k 60 support yeah i think you know um destiny will probably have a patch for those destiny folks that want to come over and play it 60 um at 4k 60 uh and then as far as the launch window games, I don't think they're going to be a problem with most of them, like you said, are going to have the option to to do 4K60. And I think that you'll also have that, that other mode to choose if you would prefer graphics or frame rate. You know, you, you'll have that toggle box again, like some of the games now do. Who picks graphics, by the way? Who, like, pick frame rate? Really? I, I, pick, graphics? I pick graphics all the time, oh most of the time. Yep, that's uh, me. Actually, wow. I just replayed The Last of Us this past month. That was the first time I ever turned down graphics. Yeah. Um, I turned it all the way up and it started running at 30. And I was like, oh, this is no. And I turned it back. I didn't turn it all the way down. I still mm. ran it at like 1900 resolution yeah, and 60. But I, I, I went as high as I could with 60. But most of the time, if you'd asked me for the past, since I owned a 1X, I've always went graphics whenever possible. Interesting. Give me hmm. the prettiest game possible. I, I'm looking for teams like like Doom, like Doom Eternal on Series X is like like because we know on PC like there's it's like unlimited. Yeah, like I don't even know it's like 200 frames a second or something crazy like that. Like there there are games that lend it lend themselves more to the type of specs that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And Valhalla is not that game. Assassin's Creed likely was never going to be that game. It's an it's enormous, um, but 
other games like where the twitchiness really does matter that's kind of where i'm i'm hoping that there'll there'll be a couple others that come out and go holy snap oh yeah like like and and certainly from the first party like forza is the one we're kind of waiting for it would have been really cool to see like dirt come out and say you know like because you got to have a racing game when you when you launch a, a system and from from a third party perspective it would have been cool to see this is whatever 120 frames a second Didn't they say that? i don't know did they like, i think dirt I 5 know. said they're they're 4k 120 i think that was my so impression I'm, maybe i'm just I, making that up but i think they said that an idiot who needs things in like flying letters at the screen sure. and like, yeah. big trailer sounds kind of coming at you like that would have been a huge takeaway. Like that's the welcome to next generation, 120 frames per second. Where even if it's a racing game, everybody's like, I mean, that's a racing game. Sure. But you still need to see that. You need to, I think that's that was one of the things that was missing was you've never seen this before. You've never seen 120 frames on an Xbox before, or PlayStation or Nintendo for that matter. Yep. But here it is. And that would have been a really that would have been a big takeaway. Like I don't think it if it that if that's a thing, then that's yet another miss that it wasn't abundantly clear from from the showcase. Well, we've been talking for quite a bit, guys. May not Don't, feel like it. We can keep talking for longer if you want. I, mean, I tend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, we only do this um, show once a month. We have four weeks of content to put in here, Nathan. <laughs> but, I, you know, that that also raises the, the, the point, too. Like, we do the show once a month. We have, during this time period, we're going to have big news that comes out. So maybe it'll be a little bit more than that. We'll see. Um, but I did want to be respectful of our guests' time as well. And you, Donnie, you're over in the Eastern time zone, so it's like 5 in the morning already for you. So <laughs> so uh, one last final thought for this month for uh, the Xbox scene. Donnie. Mm, one final thought. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and give you a Go. second. I have a speed read here. I just uh, Googled this uh, Dirt 5 situation. <laughs> so apparently there was an, an interview that happened after the stream. Uh, and this is at VG247. Um, towards the end of the interview, uh, the developer confirmed that Dirt 5 will run at 4K60 on Xbox Series X and offer 120 frames per second mode, presumably at a lower resolution. Yeah. Which would probably be like a 2K or 1080p thing. But st- that's why not put that yeah. on there? Yeah. Why not have like the racing games at which that game looked great? I think everybody, whether or not you've played a dirt game or not, that game, Codemaster, they have, they've got that locked down. Big bold ass letters, man. 120 frames per second. Are you kidding me? Like that's what people want to see. That's the welcome to next gen that everybody has been waiting for because there's so many, in so many ways, it's difficult to convey the power of next gen. So put those damn numbers up there. Put those, like the SEO terms that everybody is searching for, put that all over the place. Yeah. Prove why why the new thing is worth mm-hmm. having. You know, it's yeah. so so much of this talk and conjecture is we went around and around in the Discord today, or at least I did with Dev, which I normally do. I love talking with Dev. We always like hit everything from every angle possible. Um, so much of this seems to, all this conjecture seems to be whether or not buying something is worth it or not. And yeah. uh, to be honest with you, I was talking about this today. I don't even necessarily feel if I'm a good source for that type of opining. Um, yeah. I buy everything. I bought mm-hmm. a 2DS, bought a new 2DS, I bought a PlayStation 4, bought a PlayStation 4 Slim, I bought a PlayStation 4 Pro, bought an Xbox, bought an Xbox One S, bought an Xbox. Like, I love gaming. Yeah. So I'm going to buy all these things. I don't need to feel, uh, to. Pr- I don't need to make a case as to why I'm buying an Xbox Series X. 
I don't feel like I need to prove it to you that it's worth it. Um, like a lot of that seems to be a lot of like the conjecture on, on, on Twitter and social media that I'm following is like, why would you buy this and tell me why? And it doesn't have the games and why, why, why it's like buying it. Cause I freaking want to. Yeah, like (laughs) what other what other like purchase? I mean, maybe maybe people are different than you and I, Donnie, and that like I just want it. (laughs) It's it's not like a I don't create a decision chart, right? Yeah, this then yes, and if doesn't have this, it's got to hit all of these boxes before I will purchase. And it's like, yeah, I don't do the math. That's good for you, man. Like, hang out or get a PlayStation Five, do whatever you want to do. But I'm totally buying one, Mm -hmm. and uh, I am primarily buying one because of Game Pass. Which I always say, but I I'm all in. I'm totally sold on everything they're doing, and I mean that shouldn't come as a surprise. Freaking have an Xbox show that I'm on. Like I get it, yeah. but at the same time, I don't necessarily like that that thought process or that exercise. Right. Like, here are the reasons why I'm buying this versus something else. Like buying it because I want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it's cool. Because I want to have it. Because I want to check it out and I want to talk about it and play all my games on it. Like that's the why most I'm buying it. I- wrap it up is that i don't want there to be any doubt in my mind that there could be a better way to play this somewhere mm-hmm. that's the number one reason i got the 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 one x was there's something better why would i be like i can't sit there and play on my on my regular like lowly xbox one like i'm being facetious for a reason no you I'm, are but it's funny because we have people like uh kevin and i'm not throwing kevin out to throw him under the bus kevin literally hasn't upgraded at all this generation yeah, i can't He's imagine base ps4 xbox one s you know, mm-hmm. like he is on base hardware. And to him, it's like if you're like pinching pennies, like Kevin's opinion might mean more to you because he's yeah. more into that. And my opinion is probably going to mean Jack because you're like, Donnie, buy everything. You're right. I do. And I will. Donnie also sells everything. That's yeah. what, that's me too. A tr- like I look for that that trade in that's just a little bit more than street value. Like at EB Games, it, all, it always happens. It's, it's, it's helped me upgrade every single time. And that's why it's not like I'm shelling out for an xbox one which was like yeah. I think six dollars here i didn't pay six hundred dollars for it like i i moved my investment from one into the next one so it was incremental upgrades so i just don't necessarily think that's a i mean i get it it's a, like a console war type of exercise that everybody kind of walks through it's always like hot on recent it. era and things like that and i just i don't feel the need to participate yeah well that sounds good gentlemen Thank you for joining me, Sean. Again, thank you for coming over and visiting us. Uh, those Southerners for you. Do you guys just make room? I'm moving in. <laughs> that works. <laughs> I don't know if you can cross the borders right now, but I mean, come on. Give it a shot. See what happens. Uh, we we love having you over here, Sean, and we love your show. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about it? Oh, Ryan. thanks, man. Uh, yeah, come on over to the Xbox Drive. It's a... Wow. It's a podcast that I record from my car. It comes out on every Thursday. It's about 30 to 40 minutes. So hopefully it fits in your commute that you, I think maybe walk from your bedroom to your basement <laughs> office. I don't know if anybody has a commute anymore, but um, love doing the Xbox drive with, uh, with Ryan Turford and um, yeah, man, it's going to be man on the moose. It's a fun time to have an Xbox podcast. I'll tell you that much. Like it That's is true. It is awesome. And we um, we've talked about this before, but I don't know that any of us have been doing a podcast during a console launch. Like none of us were doing this at the, at the launch of PS4 and Xbox One. I certainly wasn't. So Switch. I'm just excited to be going through this. Yes, actually, good point. Yeah, Switch. But yeah. Yeah. Stadia. But- <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. Um, Google is, is getting rid of their music service. Yeah, I, I'm a Google Play subscriber. 
Yeah, that's uh we gotta move over and do all the change. They I mean they've they've announced that they announced it like a year ago that was coming, just so they're finally starting to roll it out. Oh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Xbox Drive on Twitter, um uh, at Sean Capri on Twitter. Dude, we're playing golf tomorrow yes. with the Xbox Drive and playing with Ryan Terraford and friends from the community, just like I played tonight. Play tonight if you're hearing this. We're gonna play the PGA Tour. There's a the Golf Club 2019 featuring the PGA Tour. The reason right. we're playing this is the developer made it free on Xbox for a week. Free play. You just go download it and play it right away if you want. I think it ends tomorrow. I bought the game after playing it. I played the Golf Club 1, played the Golf Club 2, hated the putting in both. Hated it. I was like, this is awful. I can't play this. So I never played this one. But they announced that they have secured license with the PGA Tour. And the next iteration of this game will be called PGA Tour 2K21. And that is exciting. That means mm-hmm. the 2K is behind them. They've got some more money. You've got to think it's going to be better. It's going to have more time. It's going to have more stuff. So I downloaded this because it was free. And I fell in love with it and I bought the game. And I've been playing it ever since. I've been playing it around the clock since I got it. It's so good. I encourage anybody to go out there and play it. And if you want to play it, if you like the golf, man, I was playing tonight with Eggshin and Takeda. And I'll be playing tomorrow with Ryan. And maybe we'll get Sean to jump in and play the golf. I've been trying to get people into, into the golf with me because I will always play it. And I uh, can't wait. It's one of those announcements this week, man. It's, they're going to announce it, I think, tomorrow or maybe the day after tomorrow. I can't remember. It's the 13th or 14th. But they're going to announce the new thing. Um, it's exciting. Looks looks awesome. Can you create a character in this? This is the yeah. one feature I loved in Tiger Woods. Yep. You create your own character. Um, you dress them up, put your own stuff on there. You can unlock special clubs and clothes uh, by advancing the solo play. The cool thing about the golf club, if you've never played it, is that uh, they have a course creator. You can literally build your own courses. Now, Dang. if you go over to the PSVG YouTube channel, I've loaded the course that we played today. We played Augusta National. Now, they don't have the licenses for Augusta National. A user has built <laughs> Augusta wow. National in the game, and it looks like Augusta National. Like, it looks just like it. Is it yeah. like Augusta National? They call it, like, Memorial or something. Like, it's got a different <laughs> name, but it's Augusta National, and it no. looks just like it. Like, when you watch it, you're like, wow, that's – it looks like Tiger Woods the Masters, and a user just created it. So you have all that kind of content layered on top of it. So I'm excited for the unveiling of the new game, and I'm excited that they released it for free. I think it was on Games of Gold at some point, so some of you guys may already have it in your library. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. was telling me that. Um, but I bought the game. It was on sale, too. It was like $15 on Amazon. I was like, yep, I'm going to take that, too. And I'll be playing it for the next uh, launch. So if you guys want to hang out on Xbox, have some drinks, hit the fairways with uh, me and some good guys, definitely uh, hit us up. Hit us up in the Discord. Discord PSVG.blog slash Discord. Very cool. And you can find me at Twitter, voiced by Nathan, also on the Discord, same spot, on Xbox at Spider Jedi. Feel free to, I don't know. I haven't played Apex in actually a month. I was going to ask if you played anything. I have. You've just been playing uh, Final Fantasy. So On I, the I, other I console. The, I got the Platinum. In on Final the Fantasy other console. On the other I just console. want to point it out, since I get pointed out for my username all the time, <laughs> that you have an Xbox show. You've been playing nothing but PlayStation. Is that true? But I've also played Apex. Uh, I've also played Gears Tactics. So oh, that's right. We got a little bit there. We got to talk I've a little also... Gears Tactics before we we can't. This is a huge game. We didn't talk about it. Tell oh, me about but it. Gears Tactics is fun. Um, I've actually so I like the the tactics kind of slow slow things down. Like I'm not a Gears guy like you. Like mm-hmm. I just I can't get into Gears. 
Um, but the fact that it's more of a, an RTS and you're, you're, you've got slow down times, you can kind of think things out and plod. I'm more in tune with that. Like I love, uh, age of empires, right. And I love those types of games where you're just kind of maneuvering around a map and trying to figure things out. Uh, massive chalice was my first introduction into like this XCOM type games, uh, which was on Xbox, uh, games of gold a long time ago, but it's, uh, I'm one act down in the game so far. Uh, I've got my my crew. I'm 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 doing various people I know from like PSVG world and uh, people who've been guests on the show. So Sean, you might even show up there at some point. Ooh. Um, we've, I've had uh, Delvin Cox. He's been my big heavy right now in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've got uh, uh, my scout is Alicia Eight Bit. Nice. Eight uh, Bit uh, blonde. blonde. Yep. So. It's it's a lot of fun. I like the customization features, which I, I've spent more time. I figured I would have on it, and uh, it's good. And I've, I've I like the fact that you can turn off like the the blood and the gore and stuff because I'm like I'm not about that. And you can also turn off like uh, the. This is so not gears. You can turn <laughs> like, off the curse words, and it's hilarious because it's like beeped out. Turn off the curse words. Turn off the <laughs> blood and gore. It's a game where you <laughs> saw people in half, Nathan. <laughs> That's the like, whole point. What? What Razor Hill, what are you doing, man? Execution, like that's a huge part of the game. Yeah, but I'm not, that, I don't need. This, I don't need that. Like, it's okay, it's fine, <laughs> whatever. I don't need to see that. He went PG Gears. <laughs> Give me PG Gears. Gonna... I played the first act. I played through the second act. I think that the transition from Gears, the first-person shooter, to a different style of game is flawless. I think it feels. Perfectly like Gears. I think that's really, really cool. I don't like all the constant customization and swapping of armor and everything throughout the game. I kind of want to keep playing it. Like, there's a part of me that just wants to, like, play mission, play the next mission, play the next mission, play the next mission. But every time you do that in between missions, it's like, go and change your your gun you know, strap and go and change your ammo type and go and change your helmet and go and change your shin guards. And, like, I don't care. I don't care what they look like. I don't I just... Can I keep playing the story and keep playing? So I have to admit, I haven't played it in about a week, and I don't know how much – I'm not feeling like a strong urge to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might just kind of get the story bits from a synopsis or something. The story is also a part of that. It doesn't necessarily feel – and I'm eager to hear uh, you or Josh or somebody else that's played it longer than me tell me, but so far it doesn't feel like must-read Gears story content. Like I'm not feeling like if you don't play this game, you won't – know what's going on in the gears universe feels very much standalone side story so far so i don't feel like super compelled to keep going i'm like eh, maybe when it comes to console or something so as far as the story goes i have no clue what's going on because i could care less about the story <laughs> i'm just playing for the maps because it's fun we play completely different <laughs> <laughs> this is probably why i can't get into gears it's all just like and it's why i'm probably just... not into tactics you're absolutely right we bring polar go. opposites to it because i'm like where's not not where's Kate and Phoenix in them, but like, what does this story do to advance my knowledge of the gears that I love and know? And so far, I haven't seen a whole lot of that. There's like a couple Easter eggs and a couple nods. I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't feel like must, like I said, must read content. Like you gotta you gotta play mm-hmm. it. I don't have that feeling right now. It doesn't come until quite late in the game, like a lot of hours. Really, I also heard that it's really long. <laughs> pretty long uh and it and it kind of gets longer as it goes like there's there's side missions that you have to do that you know when you think side missions it sounds optional but, but you have to get through the side missions to get 
back to the story missions. It's a little uh. bit strange in that way. And as you progress through the acts, there are more side missions. So in the first act, um, you can do like one of the two side missions. Right. The second act, you can do two of the three and so on and so forth as you keep going on. And the thing that like was, this is maybe a, a me thing, but like I kind of want to know or even for it to be the same number of chapters in every act. I want to know that when I get to chapter five, I don't know I'm, what I'm an act means. Right. right. So act two, I think has seven or eight chapters in it. And I was like, Oh man, I thought I was done at four. So it has that, like whenever you think that you're done and then the thing keeps going, like kind of, it has some sort of like dissonance. That's exactly that, how I felt about doom eternal. I was like, will this game end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's your point though. Like, the game does, I think, when you're in the gameplay, it pulls you in big yeah, time. It it's so good. But when you're out of the gameplay, it actively pushes you away. The thing I, I was bringing up with Josh is every time I went to go, because for the first act, I just kept playing. And I, yeah. I, I click play the next mission and it'd be like, you have gears that don't have, like, I don't care. Just yeah. play. And Josh was like, well, Donnie, that's what the game is. So and I was like, well, I get that, but I don't really want it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, really I, I would love an optimized gears button exactly. just click exactly. the thing mm-hmm. keep playing but i'm the same way with destiny <laughs> oddly oh. like i like the customization in, in destiny but maybe it's just there's the one character that you it's have to not worry just about. like the customization it just feels so like if it was like one or two things sure and it's yeah. also you know what to be honest with you it's also like um the menu progression like the fact that I click into the gears and click into the equipment and then get to the options to click it and then go back and back and back yep. to do the next thing. It's like, dude, come on. I just, I, cause at the end of the day, it's like, I just want to play the next map. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a, and I had the same sort of thought about, um, fire emblem for many, many years where I just, I want that camera angle right on the ground. Like I couldn't have zoomed in any closer on, on that thing. And it's like, it's not that type of game. But like that's, I guess, the perspective that I know Gears for, and I know how great it can look, yeah. right? Like I do those, those character models have always been really um, noteworthy, and I want it to be down on the ground with them, um, you know, pull back out to do your planning and, and tactics and stuff, but get right down into the grossness sure. and the nitty gritty. There's there's moments where uh, like the executions happen and it's great, but I would like to almost play the game kind of like like when you play like NHL or or a sports sports game. And you have that option where it's like yeah. almost unplayable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks amazing. Uh, I want that in gear. Crazy tangent, but related to what you're saying, I, I played Tales of Vesperia on Switch and it kind of does that for RPG. And it was one yeah. of the things that I thought was really, really cool is that you you enter the battle scene like turn base, but once you're in, you can literally run around and do the fighting. And I was like, how much better would Fire Emblem or Pokemon be if I could play like this? This is awesome. Yeah. I wish or I could run re- around and do things. I've been playing this game like this type of like if I were king for a day or if I developed games or whatever, I would build this feature like back from like the Warcraft two days. I want like a replay of what happened, but in a completely like cinematic. Um, ah. But you know what the game actually did do this in a weird way was um, where you were um, oh, super hot where you. you yeah. You yeah, it, yeah. Like, yeah. I replay it afterwards. Like, show you what you did. Yeah, Kind of like that. So it's not impossible. It's been done. I would like that in in this of like the key moves and how I, how I went from, from moment to moment because you have those pauses, but I think if it was like smoothed out, it would look really cool. Gotcha. Since Nathan was asking about that, I thought yeah, I'd Nathan's bring it up. just like, can we please end the show already? No, I mean, I you know what, Nathan, how about you just leave? We'll just keep, 
<laughs> Donnie and I played that that amazing next generation game coming out for Series X, Bright Memory. We've already played it on PC. <laughs> yeah, I did play it. Um, like I said, I turned all the stuff on. <laughs> I turned on the art ray tracing and everything. Rand got a choppy for me, uh, which I expected. I don't have like the latest and greatest like card. I'm sure the performance moves out. The gameplay, would, uh, however, kind of felt like a little like Vanquish, but not as good. But definitely like that Japan type of style. Um, the demo that they showed in the in the Xbox show was way better than anything that I played. I didn't finish it either. I was like, okay, I'm out. I played for about 20 oh, minutes finished. and I bounced. It's, a, it's an episode. It, it ranks you the whole time. Like throughout yeah. the combat you're getting like an s rank or triple s and you're getting experience that you end up kind of like powering up and, and buying um enhancements for yourself which is which is pretty cool the there's a <laughs> super awkward over sexualization oh, of, of the character yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which isn't really in the gameplay but in the menu you actually can unlock different outfits for her for sheila or shayla or whatever and um every time like you put on a new skirt it sort of like flips up a little yeah, bit yeah 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 <laughs> terrible it's like oh gosh uh but i thought it was cool man i thought it was i thought it was pretty dope especially when you think about how it's made by one person but there's one part i don't know if you got to this you light a bonfire and it like i didn't do that it is a complete blatant ripoff of dark souls of like bonfire lit it's the same font it looks exactly the same it's an homage um, oh Oh, this tribute uh, yeah i guess so that's one way to exactly the same and then there are a couple there's a couple boss encounters too which were pretty interesting and one of them was um it was pretty challenging but ultimately i I took care of it in like one go and i literally said out loud that was pretty easy and he gets back up and then like flames are everywhere and it becomes almost like a whole thing so there's i think that i'm anticipating i can almost like read the reviews now like this game is a jack of all trades and master of none like it doesn't have an identity I think it's really interesting the way that it, it smashes all these elements together. There are RPG elements in there. There's Tomb Raider elements in there. There's puzzles and things like that. That's true. Um, that Vanquish, I think, to your point as well. The style is very, very interesting. Um, and it sh- I think it's a totally competent shooter. Like, it's fast. Um, there's a dodge mechanic is in it as well, so it definitely has that Dark Souls uh, influence in there. And then your typical, like, Japanese kind of, like, action just action game where you're getting your S ranks and you're getting your, you're going to want to replay sections of this game because it goes, you could do better at the end. It said like, could do better. I think was my rank could do better. (laughs) (laughs) How many times I died. Right. So very, very interesting enemies in this game. Um, and a lot of variety. So I don't know, man, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, but I don't know. Probably judging too harsh because it's a demo that, that typically is the case. I I don't usually jump into early access stuff because of that reason. Yeah, I I had fun with. I mean, I I'm talking about 45 minutes worth of gameplay that sure. cost me twelve dollars, so that that could be part of it. But now that we have it in early access, we'll we'll have the full game when it comes out. So I had to try it, man. That was the thing that kicked off the whole show. I had to once I found out I could play it. Like, why the hell not? Are you mm-hmm. more or less looking forward to it having played it? Uh, probably less. Only in that, like, I I think when I saw it, I thought it was something else. I thought I'm, it was I'm the same way. Definitely does have like that, I said, like, I was like, oh my God, it's like Titanfall. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's really, it's like, it's like one of those like amazing sevens. Like yeah, amazing. It like might be seven, something like that. Yeah. Really Interesting. Cool. cool. Um, if it comes a game pass, mm-hmm. awesome. Totally. Yeah, but yeah, not going yeah, out like, of my way to go and track it down and play it. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. 
MechWarrior 5 on it. <laughs> <laughs> I installed it, but I haven't played it yet. Oddly enough, the reason why I haven't launched it is because there's no achievements. Yeah, that's a tricky one, man. <laughs> but, yeah. By the way, Donnie, I'm downloading the golf game that you talked about. Yay! You're going to play the one tomorrow? I have it on. I claimed it like back last year or something, I guess. So Yeah, you play play with us tomorrow. Hit the links. I'll see if I can. I'll, I'll try to squeeze it in. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a month. This has been a show all about Xbox because we love talking about Xbox here. Again, thank you, Sean, for coming over and, and talking with us. Donnie, it's always been a pleasure to talk with you. And dear listener, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And we look forward to talking more Xbox as more things happen in the coming months. But until then, uh, remember that the state of the Xbox empire has never been stronger.